Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, If you're not familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a movie review podcast wherein Kyle and I introduce movies to each other. uh, And in this way, we catch up on our cinema. Uh, So at the moment, we're currently in the midst of a little program on the show that we're calling uh, Kyle's Killer October. Yes. Um, Basically what that means is for the past several weeks, Kyle has been making all of the movie selections for for the month of October, uh, mostly horror, well, exclusively horror for that matter. Yeah. Um, So Kyle has kind of been taking this opportunity to introduce me to a lot of modern horror movies that I've been aware of, but just never bothered to, you know, experience firsthand. Um, So... That being said, Kyle, uh, we're taking a steep departure away from yes, uh, yes. from the more like ghouls and ghosts kind of shit that we were doing before. The more like, I don't know, like supernatural, n- no real body count kind no. of shit. Not even real like explicit scares, just kind of like unnerving atmosphere, yeah. lots of shadows and creaking floorboards and stuff. But we're taking a steep departure away from that and doing like explicitly like in your face horror shit. Um, and what movie are we going to be covering today, Kyle? We are doing The Void from 2017. I like to call it an ode to practical effects. Uh, that's more or less what this movie is. Uh, we actually had this saved for a different themed month. Uh, yeah, that would be fucked up shit month. Yeah. Uh, which we are eagerly anticipating. We just were trying to find the right time for it. We want to give you something nice and juicy when it's kind of shitty outside. And it's kind of fun right now. Uh, <laughs> also, I wanted to just uh, clarify, uh, half of us have a jack-o'-lantern tattooed on us, so this month's important to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, w- that would be why I gave Kyle control of the month of October, because I felt like, who who better than to take the reins uh, in the month of October when we've got Halloween and shit going on than the hardcore horror fan. Is there an action movie month? Like, because we have a Halloween movies, we have our Christmas movies, we have our summer blockbusters. Is there an action movie month? I don't know what month that would be, because like when I think summer blockbuster month, um, it's funny actually with the with the release of like the Star Wars and I think the what the Hobbit movies and stuff. Th- those were all in December, if I remember right. Like in recent years, Hollywood has kind of been breaking the rules, and now blockbusters can come out whenever mm. the fuck. Yeah. Um, but well, in, in my youth, uh, I have distinct memories of like, oh, we only really go to the movies in like in the month of May, well, and then like Independence Day comes out in July, and that's about it. <laughs> well, Star Wars went from summer to Christmas. Well, that's because Disney had to make room for, for itself. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we can't be releasing these. We can't be releasing these. At, at summertime, because we have the the MCU's taken over for summertime. Yeah, we can't have Captain America fighting Luke Skywalker. That's just bad business. But it's good because I've actually uh, my girlfriend and I have gone to see uh, Star Wars movies the last couple uh, last few Christmases, or going to the theater to see some some type of Star Wars film. Um, That's by design, Kyle. Yeah, right. They're, they're winning. <laughs> it's fun. It's a it's it's a nice way to nice way to do Christmas. So yeah. So this is from two. It says 2016 and 2017. It doesn't really matter. It's uh, from Canada. That might have. It's a very Canadian film. Very folks. Canadian. Um, that might have something to do with the way it was released. As far as I know, this had a very limited theatrical release. It did not make very much money. Um, I would imagine it it debuted at a festival of some sort. Mm-hmm. So in terms of release date, it might be kind of 
murky as to which one you want to go with. Like, when did the film actually premiere, and when was the film officially released? Did you look up any trivia about these guys? The This is actually a dual... Um, I, I don't like these, because you want to just refer to one director, and you want them to have their stamp. Well, you at least want to be, to be fucking brothers. Yeah, something. <laughs> so you can call them the, the Coens, Coen yeah. or something like that. Well, there's, there's, I think there's the Strauss brothers. I think yeah. they did one of the, maybe AVP 2 or something, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, um, but yeah, this is Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. Kostansky. Kostanza. <laughs> um, uh, no, actually, I hadn't done any trivia, so so me in. the former J- uh, Jeremy, he worked in the art department for The Shape of Water, and I think that he worked pretty closely with uh, Guillermo. Uh, I th- there, there's a quick mention. I don't know how true this is, but apparently they worked on the failed film adaptation of the, at the mountains of madness i guess and there must have been a pre-production they didn't really get too far into it that's i don't know how true that is but it was supposed to be with guillermo and do working on that they decided they wanted to do their own lovecraftian style movie oh that so, makes a lot of sense i would not be surprised if guillermo like fronted the bill for some pre-production stuff like concept art something yeah. along those lines so that doesn't surprise me at all and if they worked in the art department they'd be first they'd be like first on the on the spot like we got to get the idea of what we want to actually create yeah um the other guy steven cost Kostansky, some kind of Kostansky? Kostansky. Kostanza. Sorry. Can't stand you. Well, I've got, I've got, I've got NFL on the brain right now, so I'm like, Gosk- no, it's not Goskowski. Uh, it's it's Kostansky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's done a lot of B, B minus C horror movies. They look like a lot of Canadian stuff that you've never heard of or seen. Uh, you might. Be I don't to- know, man. <laughs> I, I watch a lot of crap. So like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if I knew one of these. So I just happened to catch this one day. I, I it was on Netflix for the longest time. Now it's on Shutter, and I think you can probably get it. You should get it on Prime. I did. Okay. Uh, Ninety nine cents because yeah. we're in the month of October, which is you know pretty nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this one, I, I just happened to catch one day. I, I, I liked the way it was, I liked the little trailer that they had on Netflix. It was done right. Um, it's kind of eerie cause they kind of, they kind of focus on like the cult stuff and you're like, Ooh, this looks like a lot of fun. And I think I had just seen, um, a cult esque horror movie. So I was kind of in that mood and I'm like, oh, I'm going to check this out. And I had no idea what I was getting into. This can, takes a completely different turn. The cult aspect is there. It does does add some dread but this is a this is a monster like this is a little bit of a monster movie yeah i'm a little bit offended kyle because i'm almost positive i asked you to watch that you might have <laughs> i think uh, i i like pushed this at you you, you and mentioned then you forgot about it see, i made it and then you found it it's, again <laughs> it's, it was my idea that i forgot that you had mentioned because you're like you should check out the void and i'm like yeah whatever uh, i distinctly remember standing yeah. side by side with you at work and being like hey kyle you're into practical effects. There's this movie. I haven't seen it, but maybe you should watch it. It's called The Void. And I never did, and then I saw it one day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that. And I told you about it. Like, yeah, I, I told you to watch that a long time ago. Yeah, you're like, like, huh, The Void. That's a good title. Yeah. <laughs> I should good. watch that. You should check that out. <laughs> but I did. Uh, so, yeah. It, so, just real quick, the story takes place in rural Canada. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, there's a... Just some foul play going on. And actually, the way the movie starts is a little confusing as to what's going on because it has kind of a strong start. Well, a pretty strong start. Um, but we we get stuck in a hospital and find out that they're being held in by a cult and there's some kind of alien monster thing going on. Yeah, there are some indescribable horrors uh, 
from within and without. <laughs> uh, and then Mary Mishaps and Sue. Yes, Mary Mishaps and Sue. So, yeah, um, I don't know how to really approach this one because I, you you mentioned, I, I said that there's not a lot that happens. Honestly, we get to the hospital and then we go from the top floor to the basement. And that's what, if you're just looking at the movie like that, like, that's the movie. Yeah, if you break this film down into bullet points, there's like five. Yeah. Uh, if you break it down into scenes, it fares a little better. There's maybe ten. <laughs> but it's a very simple, very straightforward movie in a lot of ways. Um, but that's to its benefit. Um, if it overstayed its welcome and tried to throw, tried to bite off more than it could chew, it probably would have fallen flat on its face and been embarrassing. But I, I don't see myself ever rewatching this movie for a variety of reasons. But I'm glad that I did watch it, mm-hmm. um, which is more than I can say for some other similar films like uh you mentioned the the strauss brothers mm-hmm. um who did avp requiem yeah which is not a cinematic classic but however f- it's very entertaining i'm about to re-watch it honestly it's been on my mind this month i've like, watched it like three or four times in my lifetime once in the theater so Ooh. they got my money i think i saw it in the theater <laughs> as well no they they got my money and i'm fine with that because i enjoy that movie yeah. it's it's a fan movie mm-hmm. it feels like it even there's even musical cues like alluding to movies past that's like man i love that shit well th- there's a little bit of a connection there because uh we are letting people die in movies that generally don't die in movies yeah i mean avp requiem famously had famously five people have seen <laughs> five, five, five people have seen avp yeah. requiem but a lot of people like to claim they've seen it. It's like, no, you haven't. You, yeah, you, you read the back of the box or you saw the trailer. You're like, this isn't going to be very good. It's better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah, but famously, in my mind, yeah. uh, they do the Deep Blue Sea thing where you know the, the gal pal of the main guy in the last 10 minutes of the movie gets pinned to a wall and eviscerated. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Fuck. she got fucked up. <laughs> like that's It's one of the most brutal deaths in the whole movie. It's pretty And good. I love it yeah. because... There are no characters in that movie, no. so I don't care. I'm but, not offended by that, but the reason I brought them up was because, uh, I think I mentioned this before, maybe when we were talking about the Thing movies ages ago, but um, uh, Amalgamated Dynamics, uh, Tom Woodruff Jr., his, and I think Junior Jr., he has a son now, <laughs> who also works in makeup effects and prosthetic effects and whatnot. Um, Amalgamated Dynamics uh, crowdfunded a movie in the late in the mid 2010s called the harbinger down that i went out of my way to watch because i wanted to see oh maybe this will be similar to avp requiem make this is an example of like letting the the inmates run the asylum Mm -hmm. where it's like okay let's let the makeup effects guys let's let screaming mad george direct the movie right he has done that yeah i know (laughs) the guyver which i have put on the list but you said you can't find it yeah it's hard to find i couldn't i couldn't find it for streaming um, it might be available now, but what I, I was I can it. get it to you. <laughs> I, I own it in multiple formats. But anyway, um, Harbinger Down was terrible. It was um, a bad. It was very disappointing because the trailer for it has a has a feel for it that's like, huh, this this could be like really like thingy kind of stuff. Like like these are special effects technicians who work exclusively in the world of practical. I, I saw the behind the scenes stuff of the Thing prequel. Like I know they can do good work given time and money which they did not have for this film apparently and it just is not very good um, i was very disappointed with it um it was really unfortunate um so for me having like the special effects guys in the directing chair it's always going to have an allure to it mm-hmm. and i was pleasantly surprised to see that this film was actually pretty 
even-handedly directed like from from every standpoint like lighting performances are performances good. even are even good. the writing is not bad yeah i've i the writing like as a whole like when we wrap up the film i feel like it doesn't wrap up very well because i'm like i kind of don't understand what happened but then again I, you don't really need to understand why something happens in a movie like this. It doesn't. It's just like we're here, kind of for the kills and and like building the tension. Well, well I know this is coming out of left field, so you, so you might not be ready for it. But, <laughs> okay. but, but think, picture the dialogue of the villain of the void mm-hmm. in, towards the end of the film. Yeah. Now think of Wonder Woman. The mm. the conclusion of that. Yeah. Film. Yeah. I think the void is better in <laughs> better think, in its execution. I, I think the void is better in its execution than Wonder Woman was because holy fucking shit, that movie takes a nosedive in its last twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, What's that actor's name? I can't remember. Uh, I know who you're talking. Guy from Island of Doctor Moreau and Dragonheart. He's not the void. He's like he's like the guy from the Who and Alan Rickman fused together or something yeah he's he, he's in the Harry Potter films as well um, like he, everyone from the UK is in those movies he, at some point it's, it's actually interesting there um, uh, most of the like the big the big actors in those movies are are British v- British actors who could be evil or good at any given at any given moment yeah yeah, um, Branna, uh, Rafe Fiennes is always going to be bad. Uh, <laughs> but Alan the, Rickman, though, he has that quality to him. Alan Rickman, Gary Oldman, uh, the gentleman from Cloud Atlas, because he actually does a little bit of both. The older, the the, the composer. Oh, you know, you know who I'm. You know the. I can't is that think, Mark Rylance or no, someone not, else? not Mark Rylance. Um, I can't think of his name, but you know the actor. Yeah, he also has that ability, especially in Cloud Atlas, because he kind of he does a little bit of both. He's kind of a mean old shit, and he's also <laughs> you actually kind of feel bad for him. But yeah. He that uh, the guy that you're talking about from um, Wonder Woman. He also has that ability. Like he can be a little shit. Like he can be an evil. He dude. can be a shit. Yeah, man. I hated him because of Dragonheart. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. as a kid, I was like, "Fuck that guy's hair. Fuck that guy straight up." Oh man, <laughs> Einan, oh, King Einan. I forgot about that movie. I haven't seen it in years. Uh, it's a one. It was a one and done. I that movie has a special place in my heart, mostly because like Braveheart was a big thing at the time, and it. It was like Braveheart for kids, where it's like we yeah. we get our like you know medieval stuff, but without the violence. I don't know. There's some attempted rape in that movie. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Dina Meyer, so I think, much, with, like had some stuff happen. How much is that for kids? And you know Sean Connery. The the world will weep when Sean Connery passes. If he the, passes. I mean, seriously. He's so fucking old. I mean, he's just been living in a castle. Do you know who's for a decades? Billion years old. I was watching The Exorcist the other night. And Max von Sydow's in there. I think they have him in makeup, a little bit of extra makeup, but he's old as fuck in that no, movie. No, he was a he was to to quote people who are cooler than me, a dime piece even at that time. He was still he was not a terribly old guy at that time. He, was, he, he had a lot of makeup. Okay, he had a, a lot, lot of, makeup. of makeup, but he's still old. Like he's still an, an older gentleman in that. He, he, he's he, well. He comes life. from a different time, man. Like he, he's well into his nineties at this point. Yeah. He's still alive. I'm like Max Fonz. He's got to be dead I mean, now. I'm like he's still alive. What's kind of cool is that now he can go to his grave saying, "I was in Star Wars." He's, <laughs> he was, he, he's in fucking everything. Um, but yeah, so uh, the film. I wanted to talk about how it opens up because uh, it just it just goes. It's a good cold open. It's a good cold open. We get. Uh, a shitty house and somebody's dead on the floor and there's blood and um, we have these two guys we have no idea what, really what's going on one dude just busts out of the house and then this older guy comes out and shoots a lady in the back and we're like okay fuck uh, and then we get a Mandy um, I thought this was fucked up um, 
so we, we something's going on in this house. One guy's getting away. Uh, the lady's down, and uh, this guy. It looks like his son. He's just like here, pour gasoline on her. He just hands him the can, and this guy's guy's back to him like that's fucked up. Like, and then he sets her on fire. Uh, yeah, she gets mandied. Yeah, she gets mandied. I'm like, damn. Okay, you have my attention. Yeah, Let's- and. I- I think the score is kind of like thrumming throughout this whole mm-hmm. sequence and and the camera work is very very self-assured like it's very it's not ponderous it, it's just kind of like even-handed and deliberate mm-hmm. it's like we're not doing any fancy moves the energy of the edits is very laid back we're we're in it yeah um and yeah the tracking shot that comes through the house is really like they do this trick where it's like sliding along the floor and then it kind of like raises up to the doorknob but yeah um the lady's like whimpering on the on the ground in the grass like in front of the house and it looks like a crackdown yeah um and yeah she gets set on fire and i think the the guy as he's smoking um the other gentleman who they apparently were pursuing takes off into the woods and he just kind of like stares off into the distance and it's like it's like we'll 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 get him yeah we'll get him (laughs) Um, but yeah it's like oh shit uh, already we're we're ramping up the intensity and then we get the opening credits I think yeah we get the, we get the opening credits so the the two characters we just mentioned they have no names in the film they are called the father and the son uh, and they actually get, like they might be the two best performances uh, the the father does a really good job of like he really pisses me off like he's he's not a likable character he he gets a little better as it goes on but the the kid the son I don't think he says a word in this movie. I don't think he does either. Maybe one or two, like, towards the end. But, um, yeah, his performance is mostly just him looking panicked and afraid, and he does it really well. I was going to say, that's hard to do. Like, yeah. no dialogue, and, and he does a pretty good job. No, he... It, it also factors into his character. Yes. Yeah. The dad character is so overbearing and, like, mm-hmm. just barrels on ahead through all the crazy shit. It's like Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> well, it feels like the kid is kind of, like, a hostage almost. Where I, the dad even points out, like, the kid has a bandage on his neck. Yeah. And he's like, this is what happens when you trust people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the kid is, like, at the mercy of his father's will. And it really plays into the, the overall, like, feel, like, the, the dynamic between all the characters. Where it's like, this kid probably doesn't agree with all the things he's being asked to do. But at the same time, it's like, he's probably seen some shit yeah. that, that, you know, he can't. He can't disagree with his dad on some of these points he's making. He's like the mo- he's like the mob in Batman: uh, The Dark Knight. He's just like, well, this guy seems like he's got his shit together. We should just trust him. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what we need in this situation. Oh fuck! If the if Debo was was in this hospital, Ooh, we would be fine. It would have been fine. We would be fine. Yeah. The cultists would see him, and you'd just see them like peering in through the window and be like. Nope. Never, never nope. mind, guys. Nope. We'll, nope. we'll nope. come nope. back tomorrow. <laughs> like, pack it up, guys. We're out of here. <laughs> so, I, I always like this in movies where we get so we get to introduce some more of our characters. We get the deputy, the sheriff's deputy. Uh, he's just out reading a book and stumbles stumbles across this guy that escaped from the house, and he ends up taking him to the hospital. But I like where uh, somebody who's he's like a bumpkin. He's just like eh, I'm just kind of a little cop guy. Maybe tear it, maybe break up a, a high school party or pull somebody over. And he's thrust into a situation which is not, not, um, not what something that a cop in a bigger city would be thrust into, but something that nobody would be thrust into. Um, I really want to touch on some of those points there. Um, we'll, we'll get to them when they come. Yeah. But I, that was actually one of the more successful things executed in this film, if you ask me. But yeah, he's like asleep in his in his car in his cruiser, mm-hmm. and he gets a call on the radio from some 
from I'm guessing the gal at the station or yeah. something. And she's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I wasn't asleep. <laughs> I wasn't asleep. But yeah, I mean, this is there's a long horror tradition like of the small town under attack, and I've yeah. brought this up before. It's like one of my favorite subgenres of horror. Funny enough, The Blob is maybe yeah. the prototypical example of it. And that's like the movie I can't watch. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I might just watch that tonight. I was gonna watch Mario Bava, but I think I'm, I might just watch the blog. But like, I it's something I've, I've always loved. Like Gremlins does the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a small town under attack. It's like this this small problem that could very quickly escalate to something much much worse. But we're ground zero is this small town, and so we're cut off from the rest of the country. We only have the resources we have here in this small town. It makes for really good storytelling because. It makes the characters feel very relatable. Where mm. It's like everybody's out of their depth. Where it's like you don't have the cavalry come in at some point and just like figure shit out. And, and when they do, inevitably, like like in the Blob, for instance, you it's it's like Die Hard when the SWAT team shows yeah. up. <laughs> it's like just shoot them in the legs, like. And Al Young's just eating, eating a Mars bar, <laughs> eating a Mars bar, and taking pot shots. I love that. <laughs> Was, the the subtle comedy in Die Hard is fucking great. Uh, there's so many little asides here, but one thing like before we get into the movie proper, I did want to mention about the opening credits. Thank you. I was just about to bring that back. Um, I took note of some of the credits here, and uh, I'm gonna reference my notes. Four credits for creatures and prosthetics. Nice. Yeah. And then five credits for music. No kidding. Also nice because the score in this movie is fucking awesome. It's really good. It's a uh, it's very much that like 80s like thrumming synth wave type shit mm-hmm. but it it works really fucking well and this was out this was done before stranger things so they're not this is this is just them doing it too like this isn't a, a throwback or like we're gonna copy stranger things we're gonna take their theme song no it, and it's all very good music yeah um i really appreciated the score in this movie but yeah the, seeing that many credits for those two very important aspects of a film of this nature i was like nice nice like, uh, I like the credit. I actually like the opening credit shots. Yeah. Like the actual scenes. I hate the font though. I fucking hate it. Looks so cheap. It yeah. You beat me to it. It looks very cheap. I'm like shots good. Font bad. Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. So yeah, uh, he's taking the guy to the hospital, and he doesn't want to go to this hospital for some for whatever reason. We're not sure why, but he's like the closest one you can get to. I guess they had a problem with the other one. Like you have to go to this other one. He's just like fuck. And we're like, well, maybe it's just out of the way. He just doesn't want to go there. But put a pin in that. Uh, <laughs> so we get to we meet a couple more of the characters. We meet uh, Knives from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Ellen Wong. <laughs> Ellen Wong. Yeah, Knives Chow. Knives Chow. I'm like, I recognize her. Um, and, oh, did did you notice her sleeves? Uh. Uh-uh. Um. So she has um for folks at home. That she's make, a nurse, by the way. Yeah. Oh, she she's a, a nurse, nurse in training. training. Um, and she does have a line here. They don't let me do anything. I wrote in my notes, she's going to do everything. everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's a nurse in training, but I noticed her sleeves are Beetlejuice sleeves. Oh, like I didn't notice that. Where it's like it's like a stereotypical old-timey prisoner's outfit. Yeah. It's, it's black and white alternating stripes. Gotcha. Knives Chow wears a, a uh, scarf with the same pattern. Oh, no kidding. And I, I That's couldn't, cool. I, I don't know if that was like intentional, but I, I think it was. It was. I think it was. So, the little. And I mean, it's it's the only other role I know her for. So <laughs> I'm sure. That I'm, I'm not saying. I'm saying that um, some people who have seen Scott Pilgrim have seen some. Some of those people have seen The Void. So there's probably there's an overlap well, of some kind. 
as soon as I saw her, actually, that was when my mind started thinking, oh, this is Canadian. Isn't it? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> and, this is Canadian. Because I didn't do any research going in. Nice. Like, I did that on purpose because I didn't want to spoil anything. But also, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm here to watch the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as I saw her, I was like, ah, we're in Canada. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that I've mentioned before about what makes a horror movie good is when I want to shut it off. The other thing I enjoy, uh, I don't think I've mentioned, is when I don't, when I think I know who the dead meat is, who I think is going to die, and you are pleasantly surprised yeah. <laughs> at who dies in this movie. That's a good feeling. Yeah, it's it's nice, because when, it, when, it, when this kicks in, I mean... They're, they're, it kicks in pretty well, but then we get a night, we get a lull for a little while, and then it kind of it picks back up at the end. Um, but when it happens in the beginning, like oh fuck, all right, we're going. So like just for the viewers at home who are maybe playing like dead meat bingo, yeah, <laughs> let's let's, uh, let's lay out who we got here, okay? Because there's not many, so no. we got the sheriff. We have the sheriff. We have the guy in the back seat. We have the guy in the back seat. Uh, we have grandpa. Yes. And we have Preggers. We have Preggers, yes. Uh, young his... girl. She looks like about 16, honestly. She looks very young. Yeah. Uh, I wrote in my notes, as soon as I saw the two of them, that baby is going to wig the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> because I I don't know much about this movie, but I know that that kind of shit's on the table. Um, and then we have uh, the nurse. And the nerd. We have the nerd. The nerd in the bed. Nerd in the bed. Uh, we have... Beverly. Bev. <laughs> she's she's easy to remember her yeah. name is easy to remember yeah um and then we have doc doc and then a little bit later we have state trooper and then a little bit later we have the two characters from the opening yeah the father and the son so yeah it's actually a, a, a small cast so you're like you know there's a couple like i know who's gonna die and then there's a few you're like no they'll probably make it it's not a big deal yeah um needs to be said too uh when ellen wong is introduced to us uh She's watching Night of the Living Dead yes. with the nerd in the bed. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's fun. Actually, it, 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 you know, it's a siege movie in its I, own way. I like those little things. Like people, are like, oh, why are you putting like uh, a not a better movie, but like a recognizable movie inside of a like somebody watching the movie. I, I kind of like that. How it, dare you put that public domain film in your movie? That's <laughs> they. It's very subtle, and honestly, if you. If you are not familiar with the movie, like if you were to see like the zombies or like something like that, you would know. Oh, I think that's probably Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead. But it's actually the oh, like the opening shots from it. So you're like, oh. I mean, I've mentioned it probably every episode we've done this October. But horror is that kind of genre yeah. where it's you get more leeway when it comes to like homaging and like paying paying tribute to that which came before. Mm -hmm. Like other genres, they kind of like eat each other and they're like, fuck you, that's fuck you, yeah. That's so uncreative. It's like, but in horror, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> because they're like, they're all probably worked on the like, it's it's a tight knit community. Well, even the big horror movies are still low budget shit for the most part. <laughs> See, I okay, so I have written down in my notes. We're, we're moving along here. He brings the guy in, and there's an exchange between the sheriff and one of the nurses, and you get the hint that there's a little bit of like they they know each other. He's there because even. Uh, knives. Ellen Wong kind of just kind of waves to him like it, it, the way she does it. It's like oh, it's another night for me. How's it going? Yeah. And like okay, there's some familiarity here, and you think, well, he's a cop. He's probably coming in and out of the hospital. You know. Uh, showing up at accidents and stuff like that. So they probably know him. Yeah. But I have written down in my notes, ex-wife is nurse at, nurse at hospital. And thinking back, I'm like, did I know that from watching it the first time, or does it is it subtly dropped here, and I just. Uh, you see, misremembered. I think you just knew that because I I may have missed it, 
but it's my understanding that that isn't revealed to us until a good 40, 45 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Because in my notes, I actually wrote that she was being flirty with him. Mm. I, had, not... I didn't know that they were married. Interesting. Um, and at the time, that's what I wrote down. It's like, oh, she seems to, you know, kind of like him or something. And then later on, it's like, oh, they're married. Well, that would explain. That would explain the flirting. And, <laughs> and also, I actually love that you mentioned that, like, he shows some resistance to going to that particular hospital. Yeah. Maybe because he doesn't want to see his wife. He has a strained relationship <laughs> with his wife. I don't wipe properly. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't own a toothbrush. <laughs> I, I mentioned off, I mentioned off air. Uh, Thirty days of night. This is something that Josh Harnett and his uh, ex or or why I think they're just separated. In the I film. think you're right. Yeah. I couldn't remember now that uh, in this movie there's a reason um, uh, why they're yeah, actually absolutely. Not, uh, I can't remember in 30 Days Night. Is it just like... Um, she... It's Josh Hartnett. He probably has some bad moments here and there. I Yeah, I can see that. He's probably got an attitude. Yeah, um, he probably gets pissy and like bitchy. <laughs> like... I wonder what... I just want to get... like What would be... I feel like he's like a Dolphins fan or something. Like, like he's trying to think of his NFL team. Like It's just one of those teams that hasn't won a championship since like the 80s or something. No, he's just... he probably sits at home where, still wearing his like sheriff's jacket. But no pants. Drinking whiskey and holding a gun watching an action movie. Well, he's probably doing that, but he's also, like, bitching about how, like, you know, I worked with Ridley Scott, like, a while ago. Like, <laughs> he worked with Ridley Scott? He's like, you still got my number. When did he work with Ridley Scott? Black Hawk Down, but Oh, God damn it. Black Hawk Down? He, he worked... didn't work with Ridley Scott. Every actor in the... U- every male actor in the universe worked with Ridley Scott on that film. Mostly British, but yeah, it's true. But yeah, he's like, yeah, he's still got my number. Jeez. He's gonna call eventually. Is Orlando Bloom Australian, or is he, is he English? I think he's English. I'm almost some... positive he's English. For some reason, I'm thinking he was Australian. I, it doesn't matter. Um... Taking the hobbits to Isengard. Uh... <laughs> I'm actually reading Two Towers right now, and they're a Smeagol, but it doesn't matter. Um, it's hard not to hear Andy Zirkus when you're reading the book, uh, when you're actually reading his dialogue. That's a sign of a good performance. Um, nothing, uh, we, there's a little bit, you might have caught some of the dialogue here. My next note is uh, where we kick things up. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a bit of dialogue here that I made sure to make gotcha. note of. It's that that nurse, I'm going to call her the lead nurse or the wife. Um, um, Allison is her name. Sure, Allison. Um, she, the doc, Doctor um, James, I think. No, Dr. James. Doctor Powell. Doctor Powell. Doctor Powell. Doctor Powell. Powell, who is played by Kenneth Welsh. Kenneth, Kenneth Welsh. Um, Canadian actor, very prolific television actor. Uh, I mentioned to you off air. I mostly know him as Wyndham Earl on the second season of Twin Peaks. Ooh. He's maybe the best part of that second season, which really? is a bit troubled, but apparently they. They figured it out for that third season. Like, hmm. David Lynch came back and he was like, let's write this ship, folks! <laughs> I need to watch Twin Peaks, but like I've mentioned before, like the format I try to watch. You, you do good. need to watch it because it is good. Gotcha. It, it's very much worth your time. Although, I probably just need to watch David Lynch's films because I've only seen one or two of them, to be I'm, honest. I know I've seen several of them. I just don't even know what they are. I... He's, he's a unique voice in cinema. Um, and there's... That's always interesting to me, mm-hmm. is when you have a guy who every time he steps up to the plate, it's like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to get, but I'm going to know that it's him. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, a theme across a lot of the movies that you and I seem to appreciate, and a lot of it has to do with, like, a belief in auteur theory, where mm-hmm. it's like, this guy's in the director's chair, he has a particular brand or flavor, and I like that. Yeah. It's comforting. Like, it's, it's comforting 
seeing seeing that name on the marquee and like being like, yeah, I know what to expect. Ari Aster, he got me with one movie, <laughs> and he's what got two now. Got two, yeah. <laughs> Which you'll be seeing very shortly. Very hopefully. shortly. Very shortly. Um, but yeah, the doc um, mentions to the sheriff and by extension us, the audience, that Allison lost a kid. But he does. Is, if I remember right, the way he phrases it is, "She lost a kid, mm-hmm. not you guys lost a kid. She lost a kid." So he, it's not revealed that they're together at this point. Um, but he also mentions, "I he did too." So he's like trying to, I guess, identify with the situation or something. Gotcha. Um, so that that much is is made clear to us, the audience. But I noticed that like there really wasn't any music since the opening. Um, no. So like the energy level is kind of it's kind of floaty. It's kind of like we're just kind of moving along. We know there's something bad happening because also right before the, the opening credits, we, we get our first sighting of a cultist because um, the burning body of the woman, uh, you can see the, the firelight on somebody standing in the reeds, like a decent distance from the house, just observing things. And it's mm. a person in a white hood, white robe with a black triangle painted on their hood. I wanted to bring up uh, Robin Hood. I forgot I have the uh, Robin Hood with the uh, black triangle. Yeah. Um, I feel like doing doing cult doing cult stuff. Um, it it works for me because it's spooky, scary. Yeah. Uh, and it, it it's a little more spooky. Works for podcast fans too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it's it's spooky, scary, and I think it works better when we're not shown the cult, like just knowing that it exists and maybe seeing little pieces of it here and there. Uh, but they're they're front and center of the whole movie. Like they 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 show up quite a bit. I like this. I like the um, the costume. I yeah, like. It's I think, very simple but very effective. Very the triangle is very effective. Powerful. It's just a It's just the subtlest little thing. Powerful geometry. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, things do ramp up here, Kyle. Um, <laughs> our sheriff goes a wandering, and yeah. uh, he wants to check on Bev. He, he wants to go check on. Uh, he's just like kind of doing his rounds and. Bev is like hunched over uh, this nerd, and we get a fucking. She has a knife in his eye. Like <laughs> this is we get the shot of her. I'm like, oh my goodness! It's just a casual eye stab. It, yeah, it's a very casual eye stab. It's very eye. casual, which makes it even creepier. Like, yes, it does. When you have like the literally strong like zodiac stabbing motions, like it it hits you. But when it's slow, that slow knife. We we're gonna be talking about uh, slow knife kill here pretty soon. Uh, but it's it's way more creepy. It's way more eerie. Yeah, it's almost like she's investigating. Like she's probing his face. Because I think he's already dead. Because he's not yeah. squirming or screaming or anything. And she's just like kind of massaging a scalpel into his eye socket. And she, <laughs> she's... Uh, she, he like turns to her like, What'd you do? <laughs> What'd the, you do? And she's like... <laughs> That's like something you'd say when someone drops a pizza or something. Or when they, you know... <laughs> When they open their car door and it just falls right off. <laughs> What'd you do? What'd you do? Um, okay, yeah. we still have a meat lover's pizza in the back. <laughs> in the back. <laughs> uh, Tommy, I think you're going to get food poisoning from that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Bev has killed the fuck out of this kid. And she she's doing like a Gary Oldman Hannibal. Like she's cut off uh, her... Is she cut off her arm or her, her skin? Mostly her face. It's her face, okay. Yeah. Because there's a few people slicing off their skin in this movie. Yeah, yeah. She's peeled off her face. Uh, so we can see a lot of the musculature underneath. And uh, she makes a few cryptic comments here and there, chief among them being, this isn't my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a little disturbed, a little confused. So, I mean, we already know some weird shit going on, but we're not 
we're not quite sure what it is yet. Now we're like something supernatural, something something really crazy is going on. Yeah, and it's funny because when this was happening, I was kind of doing a people's eyebrow at the screen. Like oh. I had one eyebrow up just being like, what are we doing What's here, going guys? On? Yeah, what? Because this felt like too quick of an escalation. It 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 goes quick. It it hit the it hit the accelerator really hard, but funny enough, like ten minutes go by, and it makes up for it. Yeah. Like where this Bev thread goes, I loved. Like absolutely loved from the moment Bev stabs his kid in the eye, to when Bev comes back. Yeah. <laughs> um, like both of those sequences, there is some distance between them, but it kind of feels like just one long like Quentin Tarantino bomb under the table dialogue scene or something where it's like they are separate scenes but they feel linked together so in the moment i was kind of confused and put off by how quick things were ramping up but then by the end of it i was like okay i like that yeah. that worked out <laughs> my uh, i only have a couple of like uh, i think the practical effects are great in here i'm not crazy about the face uh, yeah, not, actually, I wasn't too crazy about that. And also, I hate this deputy's fucking haircut. He's he needs to cut it. It looks bad. Yeah, it, it's a little flippy floppy, a little greasy. If he'd shaved the sides, it would be a little bit cooler. It'd be more like in style, but it'd be too in style. He needs a different haircut. Uh, that's that was just bad decisions. But anyway, to bring things back to Reanimator, um, kind of got a little bit of a Jeffrey Combs vibe from yeah. his performance, yeah. where he's kind of like a little weaselly, a little greasy, a little little jittery. Well, we're going to come into the power struggle uh, here pretty soon. It's actually going to it's going to ramp up here. But I love this where she's like just talking, he has to pull out his gun. He's like put the knife down and she goes to like like goes She makes a move. She yeah. makes a move and he just pop, headshot. Shoot her. I'm like, dude, you should have <laughs> shot her already. Shoot her. Shoot her. Uh, but yeah, he gets a delicious headshot on her. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like this this sequence. Like I said, it felt like things were moving too quickly because Ooh. we didn't really get an introduction into how things work or like like why Bev would do the things that she's doing or even how Bev started doing the things that she was doing. Because we didn't we didn't like get any lingering shots of her leaving the room or like mm -hmm. any presence following her. We didn't get any Sam Raimi shots of the camera the, the, bu yeah. the camera bum rushing people. She just like went nuts out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he shoots her, and I really liked his reaction. Yeah, it felt very genuine. Real. It felt like real. it felt very real because he like he has like that <laughs> he has like that dad took a bad step and like pinched a nerve. And it's like, oh, it's like he did he did a, a Mike Horvath. <laughs> he did a, I just got the wind knocked out of me. Because he's like kind of trying to like walk it off a bit, but like, like shape. Com combination of the, the private Ryan sound yeah. effect and like every, like all the energy of everyone running into the room and him kind of just putting his hands on his head and stumbling out in the hallway and stuff. It's like Whoa. Well, shooting a gun is actually kind of an it, you kind of have like an out of body experience at first because you, we don't we're not shooting guns in our daily life, so it's really loud. Like we get the gunpowder and everything, and it's just like it kind of like it's kind of when you stub your toe or you like bump your knee really hard, and it kind of like like fuck that really that really that really hurt. Like you're kind of out of it for a second just shooting a gun. But in this situation, he's killed a person that he knows who's just committed a murder. Well, and also, like, our intelligent human minds, like, the, the way we manage time, mm -hmm. it's, it's really, it's like one of the sins, it's like one of the heaviest burdens of being a human, actually, is that yeah. you, you think of terms, you think in terms of, like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, where, like, you're thinking of past, present, and future all in one fluid moment. Yeah. So, if you're pulling a trigger, 
there there's none of that like any consequence that's going to come of that is immediate yeah and so it's just like it's shocking yeah because like everything that could have happened in that moment has already happened you can't do anything to take it back and also it doesn't help that when he's telling her put down the knife He's calling her Beth. Yeah. So he knows this person. That's she knows him. I don't want to shoot. And now she's dead. (laughs) Also, that boy has a hole in his face. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) I didn't think he was. I honestly didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like I didn't think this kid was going to be dead meat. Bev, I didn't even think was going to be dead meat. I was like, okay. I I I didn't know what movie it was going to be yet. Yeah. I I I put a I put a bullseye on Bev pretty early. But the the kid though in the in the bed he had good rapport with knife chow yeah and i was like yeah he'll probably be around it'll probably be a situation where like someone needs to defend him or something Mm -hmm. because he's bedridden and stuff no he's out of the movie right away immediately (laughs) damn okay this is the kind of movie but yeah sheriff i think dan sheriff dan yeah dan carter um if i remember right he like wanders out of the room and like i said it it really is reminiscent of like a a walk it off type situation where it's like i'm gonna walk it off it's like no, you're not. <laughs> uh, eventually, your senses are going to give out. And sure enough, he like goes to the restroom and he, vomits. He looks in the mirror and doesn't he have like a hallucination or something? And then, yeah, he vomits yeah. for sure, but he passes out. Yeah. Um, we get uh, introduced to um, another character here, the state trooper. I thought it was just the sheriff, but state trooper. It doesn't really matter. He's not going to make it. Uh, state trooper. Yeah. yeah. Um, he comes in and he's questioning him. And he's, he's like, listen, she... She was turned around. I asked her to put the knife down. She charged me. I had to shoot her. And it seems pretty like pretty standard. Uh, uh, State troopers very antagonistic towards him. He is. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what that reason is. Um, There's a lot of mention of Sheriff Dan's father, mm. both from from Doc. Um, Dr. Forget about pa- that. Doctor Powell. Doctor Powell. And uh, the state trooper. They both reference his dad. Apparently, he was a sheriff as well. Um, so I guess he maybe is the black sheep of the family in some regard or maybe he's not maybe he's not living up to the name or something something along those lines yeah um but yeah before the state trooper arrives though when he's when he passes out he has a vision mm-hmm. and we get to see some pretty trippy visuals here really cool stuff yeah actually. it's really cool uh, and it's all it's all cut like not hurriedly but quickly so you get flashes of things that actually probably it's it's to the benefit of all the effects technicians because you don't you don't want to put it under a magnifying glass some of this stuff like there's some like just like fleshy macros and like black skies and like space and shit it's like okay sheriff dan's having a vision <laughs> he's going on a spirit quest it's all also hinting to us like there's something from another world happening um, but yeah, so they need to they need to make a phone call, and the phones are out, and uh, I'm not sure what they need to make a phone call for. Phones are dead too. Phones are dead too. <laughs> uh, my buddy was having some difficulty. At, he's having some difficulty at um, at, at work, and I'm like you got all the all you got all the problems of a major theme park and a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, by the way, the the phones the phones are in fact dead. Phones um, are out. But the radio is like kind of staticky. Mm-hmm, obviously. Um, are you familiar with the Silent Hill games at all? Uh, no, I've seen. I saw the first half of the movie. I had to turn it off. Yeah. I had to go do something else. But um, I'm familiar. I think it's Dead Space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm familiar with kind of. Uh, I, I can know where you're going. Very different. Okay. Very different. Um, Silent Hill, Dead Space uh, has more of an action component to it. Mm. Like it's a third-person shooter at the end of the day, but it has horror tropes in there mm-hmm. like in the general atmosphere of it is pretty oppressive and definitely horrific good game 
Second one also good. Third one terrible. <laughs> um, Silent Hill though is is more like the subgenre is called survival horror, ah. um, and oftentimes games of that genre, at least back in the day, were notorious for having shitty controls, mm. and the excuse was often like. Oh, by making the controls cumbersome, it'll make it scarier. <laughs> and, and in some ways it does, because it makes you feel more defenseless. Gotcha. And okay. the protagonists in the Silent Hill games are supposed to be ordinary people. And they did a pretty good job of making it feel that way, where mm. it's like even the animations, like for the character models and stuff, like the way they hold weapons, it's like they don't look comfortable. <laughs> and they dress and act like normal people. But anyway, the Silent Hill games and the movie actually from a vision like it purely aesthetic standpoint the script and the acting in that movie is terrible um but the visuals and the music and yeah especially the camera work uh some of the camera angles are taken directly from the games um all very similar to the games anyway the reason i bring it up is the radio is a uh, is a gameplay device in in i think the first three games maybe all of them but uh basically it signals the the arrival of monsters mm. so you have a radio that you can turn on or off Ooh. and you have a flashlight that you can turn on or off and what it does is it um alerts you to the presence of monsters and also attracts them so uh, it's a double-edged sword oh, that's kind of cool where it's like do you want to have this radar system and be aware of what's coming and know that that'll attract the thing that's coming towards you Jeez. or do you just want to wing it and hope for the best that's um, kinda, that's... so the radio in the silent hill games was always this trigger where it's like the radio's staticky. Something bad's around the corner. <laughs> and gotcha. you're, you're a kid playing at night, and you're like, oh, fuck. So, like, I can't help but feel that, you know, maybe maybe it's a reference. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's just a staticky radio. Yeah. It's creepy no matter how you look at it, but I just felt like talking about Silent Hill for a minute. <laughs> uh, important note here, the uh, the state trooper, the sheriff, whoever he is, uh, he takes his the deputy's gun. I'm guessing that's probably pretty standard. Like, listen, you just shot somebody we're gonna take the gun away from me i don't know if that is but it's important to know uh that they did take the gun um but they're trying to get the phones to work and he has to go out to the car yeah uh, this was a this was kind of uh this is where we change it up a little like the where we have the two different movies going on we have a monster movie and a cult like cult horror movie uh he goes out to use the car and we just have a um a robe person yeah. out there and he's just like the fuck are you doing like if you see somebody standing <laughs> perfectly still seven feet away from you in a robe just go just go the opposite way and he's just like wait what's going on over there and he approaches the robe person and just starts getting like slashed at yeah uh, yeah pretty fucking terrifying yeah um i've mentioned this before actually i think that's something you don't see in horror movies very often but something that i like to see it's like a threat or a presence that's just like hanging out it's not hiding it's not in the shadows it's just there oh i'm sorry um this was actually really cool i forgot about this and i you gotta remind me i don't think it comes up anymore uh is it diegetic or non-diegetic we get a war of the world's noise uh that is diegetic he, um, he hears it doesn't he yeah yeah no the, the horn is part of the movie in fact um at first i wasn't certain because he reacts to the horn but, you know, it's not explicitly stated. At one point, the dad actually does say you can hear the horns. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, it is, part of the, it is part of the movie, and it's very effective. It's really good. Again, Silent Hill. Mm. Uh, whenever the... Whenever the uh, it's not a klaxon. It's basically an air raid siren. Ah. I, that's exactly what it is. It's an air... Yeah. Whenever that goes off, that means 
the world is about to turn very dark and very evil. <laughs> so in the games, it's a, it's a trigger where it's like, oh, fuck! <laughs> Again, when you're a little kid sitting on the floor playing at night, it's like, fuck, shoot, like, fuck, shit, I didn't save for like the past two hours. <laughs> I do like that, that bong. Like oh, it, the, the Hans Zimmer? Yeah, I <laughs> the really... The Inception? It's good. Not so much an Inception. Uh, it's better here. I actually really liked it. It's in, it reminds me of War of the Worlds. Like I'm yeah. not a huge fan of that movie, but that sequence where Tom, like they, it's that is an excellent opening. Sequence. So good, but that noise like kind of brought it back. Like, Ooh, that's that's a nice little. Touch. I think that's an underappreciated movie in some ways. I, uh, it it has its issues. Like, I don't think it ends well. That's that's my it. Problem. Doesn't end well. Justin Chatwin is a piece of shit. Uh, he's in Shameless. He uh, needed to die. He needed to die. He needed to die. He needed to go with those soldiers and just end up dead. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Uh, they parodied that in one of the sc- the subsequent scary movies. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he goes. Oh, it's to- a solenoid. <laughs> he goes to run away. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Don't pay for my college." <laughs> it's really fucking funny. Like that was a good joke. Uh, Craig Craig Bierko. He's a. He's one of those actors that's like he's not in much, but I'm always happy to see him. When you when he pops up, you're like he might have a fun. Yeah, when he here. was in Cinderella Man, I was like, hey, Craig Bierko. <laughs> uh, he, he reminds me of a, a guy that worked with our company. If you remember him, uh, he was a sales uh, sales guy. He had a I don't know. He, he reminded me like physically of him. He just had yeah, a similar yeah. look. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, the War of the Worlds noise happens. He like turns his head, and now and he's then getting stabbed. That provides at. the opening for the cultists to brush him. And then there's fucking more of them. Like they just came out of nowhere. Yeah, doesn't he shoot that one in the head or something? He, I think he gets a. Sh- no, he doesn't have a gun right That's now. That's right. He doesn't have a gun. Does he, he take the knife away? From he's him? he's about to get um he's about to get stabbed, and somebody else shoots him That's in the right. head. And I think it's is it the father and the son that shoot him? No, Who's, they don't show up till later. So who? it must have been the state trooper. It must maybe. have been the state um, trooper. But yeah, he gets stabbed in the shoulder. Yeah, I'm saying it's like it's it's close. We're getting like that. Yeah, yeah, he's about to get killed. Is what we're saying. Oh, green room. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, now we're fucked. All right. So uh, sorry, folks. I just watched Green Room the other day, and that's all I can talk about. Um, so now we're gonna switch back. We're going back into the hospital, and um, something disgusting is happening to Bev. Yeah. So we're. We're cutting back and forth, and this is maybe the most effective scene in the whole movie. Um, and this is a very long scene. This is why I was alluding to earlier with from when ben, from when Bev is shot to where we're at now. Um, they're helping Dan, Sheriff Dan, back into the hospital. They're laying him on the on the floor and like trying to stop the bleeding and stuff. And then we cut back to Bev. Yeah. And Bev is laying on the floor, and she got some business coming out her face. Yes. I realized watching this, I'm like, I think parasitic monsters attacking humans are the, are the, like, the... One it's the, the worst. It's the worst. It's, it's the so fucking worst. It's fucking scary. That's why those, that's why the alien movies are so good, because it's, it's a parasite. It's, it's in your body. There's nothing you can do to get rid of it. You're going to die. Well, yeah, the, the only thing that you can do involves self-harm, which is maybe the hardest thing for a person to do yeah like we're programmed to not do that for the most part and if you see parasites have you seen like the videos of parasites coming out of animals like this snake had a fucking parasite in it and now it's coming out like oh it's fucking creepy no parasites and just body horror in in general is maybe the most effective and compelling subgenre of horror if you ask me i mean for me it's always been the case like cronin there's a reason i'm a cronenberg fan because i like what he does i like the things that he explores i don't like his lighting it makes me yeah it is a little conventional 
It is for the most part. I'm not going to argue that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the the subject matters that he covers, it tends to be it tends to make you feel kind of icky. Yeah. But in that way that's it's like I'm trying to think of the, the best example. It's like it's like looking at something that's like ew, yeah. but then you keep coming back to it. I would do that when I was a kid, where I'd like find something that made me feel icky or icky. something, then I'd like run away and go, ah, and then come back and look at it again or something. When you see like a decomposing possum or something like that, and you're like, oh, that's gross. I sh- that's really gross. I'm gonna go away I now, should... and you come back like, oh. Never mind. Like... I should take a closer look. I can't see its bones. Ew. ew. I yeah. need to find some people to show this to. <laughs> it's horror is like that. Horror yeah. is a horror is a weird sensation. I think that's why it's addictive. But yeah, this is like well, I it's mean, like hairy tentacles. You can't hairy. It's <laughs> it's hard to bring up practical effects and not mention the thing because this is very. I think this is it's it's thing esque, but it's its own thing. If that makes any sense, like it's thing ish. Thingish, yes. It's, it's, it's like, very thingish. I see where you got the idea, and you have your own twist on it. Very much so. Yeah. Um. It you you know you, you can't help but have John Carpenter's thing in the back of your mind when yeah. you're watching this movie. It's inevitable. You have to. It's there. Yeah. It's it's there, but they do their own thing. They do their own thing. And I actually do respect some of the creative de- decisions they made here because the the monster designs in this are utterly unique. Yeah, they're very. It yeah. That's the thing is like. It's its own thing. It is unique. Um, I, let's, let's try to describe this thing. It's 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 kind of difficult because it's it's very very <coughs> large. Which I I don't know as far as like if that's it's easier to make something really large or if it's more difficult. Um, they do. There's a lot of really quick shots on it. Like they don't spend much time. It's kind of like Leviathan. I, it's like it's quick. I really love the way they the way they shot this thing. Okay. Because they did it right. Is you get snippets of it. And your brain kind of fills in the blanks. And what's amazing about the design for the thing is I don't think it really has much of a distinctive shape to it. No, it's just a big it's a mass. Hul- it's a hulking mass yeah. that has some familiar parts to it in that it's partially Bev. But the way it's shot, the way it's edited, um, you only get a few clear shots of it, and that's all you need. The best way I can describe it is if, uh, like, putting a dog costume, um, if you put, like... Uh, just like uh, something on the dog's head where it has uh, legs and and um, hands and but the dog's head is supposed to be the head of the of the costume if you know what I'm getting yeah at. kind of so it's kind of like that where Bev is actually like front and center and it's come out of her but it's like it's like behind her it's and, like a caterpillar with a mask growing on its back yeah it's yeah. like a human caterpillar with a big cancerous growth on its back yeah it's funny actually I, I I'm sorry, Kyle. I was yeah. tuning out what you were saying, <laughs> but while you were talking, I couldn't help but think of Attack of the Killer Shrews. Oh, I don't know. It's a B movie. I think. I no kidding. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think they had uh, golden retrievers wearing like, like, carpets basically to to look like giant shrews. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you have these like happy dogs running up to people, but they're just like wearing shag carpets oh, to funny. make them look raggedy and weird. Oh, that sounds like an adorable production. Production. <laughs> I mean, it's like right up there with a the, uh, Night of the Lepus. Mm-mm. Giant rabbits? Yeah. In the 70s? Yeah. It's a lot of slow motion footage of rabbits bounding around miniature sets and then macro shots of them doing that thing. Oh, that sounds doing, bad. Like the gummy face that they do when they're eating. Interesting. It's supposed to be horrifying. It sounds really sounds really silly. Yeah, my dad used to reference that movie a lot. 
I I didn't see it until like adult. I was an adult. Yeah. Like he used to bring it up whenever I'd be talking about shitty movies. He'd be like, "Yeah, Night of the Lepus. Look mm-hmm. it up." <laughs> oh, Dad, there's a lot of shitty movies out there. Well, I mean, there. he went to Catholic school, so he got all that Catholic like Latin language and whatnot. So he was like, "Lepus." You mean rabbits? It's <laughs> <laughs> like this is in the theaters. That's <laughs> but yeah, the the reveal of Bev happens in stages, mm-hmm. and. Basically what happens is uh, Sheriff Dan is down for the count for a bit. And he has another vision. It's more trippy imagery. But then he wakes up. And then we keep cutting back and forth between the Dan situation and then the Bev situation. (laughs) And then if I remember right, uh, they have James, the the guy from the crack den from the opening of the movie. Yes, he's... They have him handcuffed to like a bed, like a hospital bed. Uh... Yes, they have him. Uh, they have him. Uh, he's in the room with Bev uh, in the hospital bed. Yeah. So uh, the reveal of her is they come into that room mm-hmm. and he's laying on the floor. He is screaming his face off. It's that's what draws the attention. It's really good shrieks too. Oh, he's good. He's really he also good. reminded me of one of our coworkers. Yes. Large, large eyes. Uh, actually, <laughs> I found our former coworker's doppelganger. Uh, it's an actor, and I'm like, oh my god, that is fucking him. <laughs> uh, I have to, I'd have to look it up later, but yeah. Um, um, but yeah, uh, the reveal of Bev, like I said, is done in stages, and and it's very classy because the first shot, it it almost makes you think of like being a little kid and like some of the nightmare visions you've had because you have this guy laying on the floor handcuffed to a bed so he's he can't go anywhere Mm -mm. he's trapped in the room with this thing and we don't actually see it because the bed is blocking our view but we just see this pulsating what's it behind the bed and it's clearly much larger than this person and he's trapped in this room with it so we don't actually get to see it proper until a little later Our, our first our, our first act here, like, our, the first thing we need to do is get this guy out of the room. So Sheriff Dan's just like, I don't know what's going on. I just got stabbed. I just had another nightmare vision, two nightmare visions in the past five minutes. Okay, we're doing this. So he just runs in there. He, like, kicks the bed, like, the, the metal bars on the bed to free the guy. And they haul him out of there. And they don't even bother with the thing. No, because they just they don't, shut the door. They just shut the door. Well, the one guy <laughs> just fuck that noise. The old the old cop is just like staring at it, like, dude, get the fuck out of See, there. That's what I like actually about this whole sequence is because and, all the different reactions. Well, what I liked about it is the pace of it. At first, it was bothering, but the reason why I came to like it as we get to the end of the sequence, by the time an axe gets involved, mm. <laughs> um, the reason why I like it is because it it hits so hard and so fast yeah that there's no time to figure there's no time to ask questions Mm -mm. it's just like shit keeps happening sheriff dan is just like i don't know what the fuck's going on i don't even know if this is real but i you know stuff's got to get done and it it makes it feel very energetic and very genuine because the state trooper's reaction is just like and shock you yeah. you and i the audience just casually watching a movie just saw a thing yeah. behind the bed and it's like i don't know what the fuck to make of that it's like i don't even have words for it i don't even think the state trooper says anything he's no. just looking at he's, it he's just like he's just staring at it he's just i no, I, there are no words <laughs> yeah so uh they've shut the door on that and then the father and son have come for the uh, jabroni uh the screaming guy um we get a we get a bit of a standoff here the the father, uh, the the father character comes in, and he is 
complete disregard for the cop. Like, he does not give a shit. He's, They're armed. He is going to shoot this guy. Yeah, they have a hunting rifle and an axe. He pops the cop in the... I think he kicks him in... Or hits him in the face with the gun. Yeah. yeah. Clocks him right in the head. Yeah. So, we have the standoff here. Though. They want to shoot him. Uh, the jabroni takes the pregnant girl. Bad move, by the way, because not only... Is that's not going to go well for you? But now we hate you because you you just don't do that. Yeah, no, that that that's not a good look for anyone. No. <laughs> and also it needs to be said, like even though we know he's being pursued, we don't know why. Yes, this um, is true. And he looks sketchy. He looks sketchy, but also that the the this father character. If the son wasn't there, we would think that this guy is the piece of shit. But the son being there. He, there's there's something vulnerable about him where you're like I don't know what's exactly the, going the on. The son, here. I mean, you're you're meant to piece this together. It's not meant to be a mystery, but I think the son goes a long way towards making you understand pretty quickly that there's there's almost like a sense of duty here mm-hmm. where it's like what we're doing we're doing for a very good reason. Yeah. So it's like yes, my methods are cruel. Yes, I'm an asshole, but this shit has to get done. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't understand. There's uh, a piece of information that none of you have that we have. They end up, uh, uh, the standoff uh, comes to a halt after, uh, so, the old man ends up knocking him out, cold. Raggedy punch, by the way. Yeah. Raggedy punch. But meanwhile, the the cop, (laughs) he's just like, kind of got his back turned to the fucking monster, and then, oh shit, there's a monster, like, he just gets taken. Yeah. It's gross, too. It's gross. The taking of the state trooper was a little clumsy mm-hmm. um it felt like there was a shot or two missing because he we just kind of hear a scream and then he's being pulled out of the room yeah and that's kind of it but it, i did like the editing in the sequence was what won me over because all of this is happening very fluidly mm-hmm. like we get james out of the out of the patient's room we leave bev we cut back and forth between the the hostage situation with the pregnant girl and yeah. james holding a scalpel to her by the way that's not good and then we keep cutting back though to to Bev's room and we you know the camera's slowly pushing in and we see shadows and it's like okay you know that monster's still there and I don't think those doors lock <laughs> yeah. um, and then the, what really drives things to a head though is uh, James stabs Doc in the throat with, with the scalpel yeah it's like pretty <laughs> like in one fluid motion there's not a whole lot of hesitation there and you know at, up till this point Doc seems to be like the authority figure in the room other than the state trooper He's, he's the guy that seems to make everyone feel more comfort when whenever he's around. Yeah. He's, he's the guy who fixed Dan's shoulder when he was bleeding out. Like he's a good guy. He's sh- he's done nothing wrong at this point. And then all of a sudden, pfft, he's got a hole in his throat and he's spurting blood everywhere. Now that you mention him, I'm kind of disappointed that he ends up having to take like this actor has to. I'm not sure if it's him in the makeup at the end. Um, I don't think so. I don't think it is either. I think it's a dub. Um, but he. As like just as an actor, as a person, he has a look where he 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 does play this really nice, calm character, but he also has that he can make that turn. He, he does can... it very well, um, very well. Um, Wyndham Earl in uh, Twin Peaks kind of has that. Where gotcha. He's, he has he's the antagonist in in most of the season, um, but he's also intensely charismatic and he he has that quality as an actor. I think they they could have flushed it out a little bit more. Had him. Give him a little more, let him turn before he dies. Well, what's interesting though, and uh, it didn't occur to me until just now, is that uh, what we learned by the end of the movie, so like me replaying the movie in my mind, having already seen the whole thing, 
the stuff with James in this, just in this scene alone, suddenly makes a lot more sense. Where mm-hmm. It's like, why did he take that person in particular hostage? Why did he stab that person in particular? I didn't even think about it until just now either. Exactly. Wow. It's like, huh. He, it's because he has a piece of information that we, the viewer, are not partial to. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of uh, information missing. There's a lot of yeah. There's a there, there's a lot. There's of stuff. a lot of little things missing here and there, but it it, it adds up to an entertaining whole. But yeah, a state trooper gets dragged out of the room, and half of the group is trying to take care of Doc, who's on the floor bleeding out. Yeah. And then the other half is like, that guy just got dragged out of the room by that thing that we're all scared of. Let's go Still do something it. about it. This sequence is kind of long for like killing a monster. Like they're they're killing it. Yeah, um, it's a it's a little long. I, I do like how they're doing this. They've got like strobes, strobes, flashing <laughs> lights. Uh, they by the skin of their teeth, they fucking kill this thing. It, the one dude's like, <laughs> 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 once it's done, it's like he ran up a flight of stairs. Like it took it, it was some work. Uh, yeah, they, there's definitely like a nod to the thing here because like the the dog transformation yeah. in the thing is is one of the best examples of like pedal to the metal like accelerate like accelerate as far as it can go the first the first time anything goes wrong yeah because this monster does a lot of funky shit that makes no sense uh and actually the movie doesn't have a whole lot of monster action until maybe a half an hour later yeah like we're deprived of monster action from this point on so it's a good thing that it's all kind of crammed into this one scene but yeah it's got the state trooper and like we said it looks like a a naked woman's body hanging in front of just like a hulking mass of pulsating flesh. Yeah. It's not pleasant to look it's at. It's not. Um, but the woman's, like what I guess you'd call is the like the woman's face, has hair pouring out of its eyes, mouth, and nostrils, any cavities basically, any openings. Yeah. Um, and it's holding the state trooper in front of itself and pushing these hair tendrils into his eyes and his mouth. I don't know to what end. No. Uh, it's not good. For him, <laughs> uh, it seems as though it's absor- like maybe absorbing it. I'm not... uh, by the end, the, the the what actually ends the scene is uh, I think it's the young man uh, cutting off the state trooper's head with the fire axe, and maybe it's trying to like corrupt him or like put itself into him, gotcha. like, make him one of it or something. That was what I got. That makes sense. Um, but they apparently prevent that by chopping his head off. Uh, but yeah, that, there's like. A halogen light or something like a, a fluorescent tube or something spinning in the hallway so we get a nice strobe effect very useful for uh, hiding bad special effects <laughs> very useful but yeah for for no reason whatsoever it sprouts a brain from the top of its mass and then the dad shoots the brain the brain explodes doesn't really hurt it much i guess and then no. yeah we chop it down like a fucking tree <laughs> yeah we chop, we chop yeah, the... the the brain thing reminded me of the dog from the thing because like it does just all sorts of funky shit yeah like there's that sequence where it like unfolds like a flower petal kind of and there's like an eyeball in there and teeth it's just like i don't know what i'm looking I at know. i just want to stop looking at it i just wanted to <laughs> stop doing whatever it's doing whatever you're doing just cut it stop, cut the shit stop jiggling uh i could see kurt russell saying that cut the shit cut the shit <laughs> hollow hollow fuck, fuck it. it uh <laughs> So yeah, uh, we we have to take uh, take inventory now. We've killed the big gross thing. Um, now we've got some power struggles going on. And yeah. This is I think you wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, it's interesting because now that we're in a situation like this, society has crumbled within this group. Yeah, uh, we're not we're not cop. Uh, well, this is no, the night of, night of the living dead. Yeah, Hier- aspect of the film. Hierarchy is done. So 
the the aggressive father character is pretty much taking charge, and uh, the girl is going into labor. She's like, uh, the nurse, Allison, she's like, listen, she's going into labor. I need to go to the other part of the hospital to get stuff for her. And he's like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not, like, he's fucking me. He actually calls her a whore. He calls the girl a whore at one point. Yeah. Uh, he's not a nice guy. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, so we got a little struggle here. And, and the deputy, he's just like, He's he's playing mediator between these two because they're both very emotional and he's just like I need you to like I get he's being an asshole but I need you to not rile him up okay like we got to do this calm um, and we we make a deal uh, we don't have any weapons all we have is an axe and a couple of knives um, yeah. and some scalpel scalpel yeah um, and we're like all right you stay here I, we're gonna go out to the car and get the gun and the fucking asshole he's just like uh we get out there to get that gun. That gun comes to me. I'm like, oh, fuck yourself. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. I'm totally going to make that deal with you. I'm like, no, this is my fucking gun. you out of your mind. <laughs> it's in my car. It requires my key to unlock it. It's kind of a fun scene, too. Uh, uh, they have to go out to the car. He's like, are you out of your fucking mind? They're, they're all, they're trying to. Well, the, the way he phrases it, the dad, is um, we just went through hell getting in here. Yeah. <laughs> Why would we want to go back out? Well, this whole time, like, we know there's, we'll say, arguably, there's 30 to 50 people out there. Um, we don't have that much money, so yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's implied. 30. It's implied. There's quite yeah, a few Implied people. 30 to 50. And, and I was kind of, th- somebody mentions a little bit later, uh, uh, someone's like, oh man, I guess these glass doors are going to keep them out very well. I'm like, yeah, are social norms just keeping these people out here? Like, oh, we can't, barge into a hospital like that so we're gonna stay outside but it comes to later like there's, if there's a, reason. a garbage can outside that they can throw they're yeah, getting they're in. getting in <laughs> and, and, and when i was watching i'm like it didn't make a lot of sense like why don't they just come in but he mentions later they're not trying to get in they're keeping us from coming out exactly so it's a little little scarier yeah. um but we end up going out for this uh it's actually kind of I, I know what happens in the movie but this was a, the, the pacing this was good i'm like i don't know if they're gonna pull this off like it seemed kind of difficult. Yeah, I like the the first step, the first leg of the journey. As soon as, as soon as we open the doors, like it's like, huh? My my car is a lot farther away than I yeah. thought. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, can make it if we run. <laughs> we can make it if we run. <laughs> I can see the shade from here. Um. So yeah, we have to now. We have Dutch getting supplies. We have, uh two people. We the. Allison has decided she's going to go by herself yeah, in the hospital. Yeah, there's a disagreement here yeah. where she's... So, Prager's is going into labor, and this is kind of what forces everybody forces everyone's hand in terms of taking action. So, she, they need medical supplies to take care of her for when this baby's coming, um, but they're located in a different part of the hospital. Uh, so, the nurse is like, I want to go get this. And then Sheriff Dan's like... Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, no. Um, so Sheriff Dan's like, okay, how about this? How about we go get my shotgun from my car, and then we can figure that out? And mm. she's like, but I want to, you know, be a nurse. And also, she lost a child. This one, this lady's about to have a child. You know, her she feels very strongly about taking care of this woman. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, like, she verbalizes, okay, Dan. Um, meanwhile, she takes off on her own, unbeknownst to him. I actually appreciated this uh, sequence where she she's uh, going through to getting supplies. I honestly wasn't expect. There's um, you, if you've seen a horror movie, you know what we're talking about. Somebody opens, uh, someone's looking in the mirror, opens the mirror, shuts the mirror. There's somebody behind them, or 
you just you're expecting it. Yeah. They do it here, and I wasn't actually expecting it. Um, yeah, it was, it's a nice little jump scare. It's a nice. Where I think she like bends out of frame or something, and then we just see a silhouette of a man standing there. The moment had passed. Like the pacing for us as the viewer, that moment has passed where something like that would have happened, and they don't really build it like something like that's gonna happen. I just thought it was it was a nice little touch. No, and this movie doesn't have that many jump scares of that nature, no. so it was welcome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get uh, we get back in there. Um, this. So this is where the movie, we're just getting to the basement, and it's like, <laughs> it's literally like 45 minutes just getting to the basement. Yeah, um, when we're out to the cop car, uh, the horn goes off again. There's yeah. a, a, it's not a scare, but it's a cool moment where I think, I think all the power like just dips out for a moment, and yeah. then the the cop car like the, the siren, the the blue and red light, spiraling, uh, we see like. Oh hey! All those cultists that were not there are suddenly right in front of us, uh, and so our our crew has to like fight their way back to the hospital. And uh, Dan starts to assert himself more now that he has a, a loaded shotgun. Yeah, usually feel, <laughs> usually feel more powerful with a with a weapon. Yeah, one one would hope. But yeah, they they get back into the hospital. But there's a good exchange here that unfortunately I didn't like write down in its entirety. But it's, basically, he's an argument. He's in an argument with the dad. And he's saying something along the lines of like, listen, I'm pretty sure you could beat me up. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. This is where he has to put his foot down as an officer. He's like, listen, I know you can beat my ass probably, but. Uh, there's some, This is funny here. This is kind of weird. Um, they end up getting a phone call. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this reveal happens in stages. And if I remember right, the figure that we see behind Allison when she's off on her own in the hospital is actually pretty clearly the doctor. Yeah, they, they let us know it's the doctor. Uh, so oh. it's not a mystery that Doc is up and about. Yeah. And Bev just had some weird shit happen, so maybe some weird shit's happening with Doc. Um, and then when uh, when Sheriff Dan and the, and the dad are having their, their little spat here, um, they both kind of know, huh, that's funny, Doc's not on the floor where he was dead. Where he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and this is this is what starts them, like, on the on the search for both Doc and Allison, and they go into Doc's office. Yeah, and uh, they find a lot of funky shit here. So I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Zoolander. I uh, am. <laughs> so there's a there's a scene where Billy Zane. He has my favorite line, my favorite line from that whole movie because it's a stupid movie. Um, but he's talking. They're they're about to do a walk off. He and Hansel are about to do a walk off, and Z- Billy Zane's like, "Are you sure you want to do this, man? Like it's kind of dangerous." He's like. Put a cork in it. And he walks off. <laughs> He's going to do it. And Billy Zane just stands there for a second. And he goes, it's a walk-off. Yeah. It's a walk-off. So <laughs> we uh, we get this exchange. So uh, the father's like, He's just kind of piddling around the office. Um, Dan's on the phone with the doctor. and It's clear the doctor has um, uh, malicious intent. and he, He's a little disturbed. He's a little disturbed. <laughs> uh, he's spouting some nonsense to him. Uh, I've got your I've got your girlfriend by the way, uh, we get that. But we're looking through these pictures, and this is where like there's a we get a lot from just the photos. We get like uh, it's a body, oh, it's a naked body, and then we get like a house, and then we get a dude in a robe, and we're like, it's a sex demon cult. It's a sex demon cult. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> there's a naked per- person. And there's a demon. Okay. I just for some reason. <laughs> It's a sex cult. Um, If the dad had said that, it would make the movie just a few points better. Right. Uh, (laughs) Just looks up from the photos. But I like Dan is getting, like, just 
all red and angry on the phone. His <laughs> face is just, oh, my anger sharks. And uh, now we have to torture the fucking jabroni to find out what's happening. And yeah, this is straight out of prisoners. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> uh, he goes, they go Jackman on James. <laughs> yeah, they, they go Jackman on James. <laughs> uh, they... Uh, <laughs> They just like they got him against the ball and like what the fuck's happening? We're gonna hammer your fingers. He's like, no, don't do that. They they pop one immediately. He's like, I want you to know that I'm being serious. And they 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 get some stuff out of him. He he more or less explains like, listen, this chick was like, hey, you want to come smoke some meth at this house? And he ends up at the house, and then apparently some weird shit was happening. Um, I mean, you haven't seen Primal Fear, have you? No, I'm I I'm aware of it. I, I know some I know the ending, but okay. I, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it because it's actually I think it's a very good movie. I've heard I'm, it's good. I I'm not too big on courtroom dramas, but I like that one. Mm. Um, Richard Gere, like just perennial lawyer of our time, yeah. <laughs> like Hollywood lawyer. He's yeah. just good at being a lawyer. Um, anyway, uh, one of the things that James mentions here reminded me of that word. Um, it all culminates with him saying like, "I saw some crazy shit." And by the way, he made people change. Mm. It's like no shit. <laughs> like, like Bev, <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> the old meth and sex switcheroo they got him with. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was she hot? If she, if a hot girl's like, hey, you want to smoke some meth at this house? Like, no, I'm gonna die in that house. And then, he surprisingly doesn't die, but uh, he was supposed to probably. Well, it's like so like. Everybody's turning into these weird hairy tentacle beasts. Like, you're gonna wait till I finish before, before you do right? that, right? Because <laughs> like, if, if that's the case, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool. I, I'm totally cool with that. I really like to burn one real quick, yeah. if you don't mind. <laughs> um, so I I still don't. We we learn a little bit more about the father and son. I still don't know how they got to that house. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Actually, I don't I don't recall. Um, how if that's ever explained? Well, we we learn that the that the the son I, I think it's his dad it is father and son um, or they know each other somehow but the the younger guy his family would have been killed by this cult. So there's there's some business with the father and son the mom. Uh huh. There's definitely something going on there, um, which I don't know if it's just she's dead and they both miss her. Or maybe she was involved with that or something. I don't. I don't know, but I suspect that that's supposed to be the case. It's all very hazy to me. But um, the way uh, it, it's no mystery that like death and reincarnation, like resurrection, is like the whole the whole point of this cult situation. Mm-hmm. It's basically we're trying to find a way to defeat death mm-hmm. um, by making just life flourish, like bring bring people back. So I don't know if like the visions they're having are just them mutually missing this person and wanting them back, or like I said, maybe she was part of the cult and that's how they got involved with it. I like that idea. That's. Funny. I mean, that, that's a good way to go with it. It's it's the best I got. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we decided to go down to the basement. I guess yeah. that's where it's leading us. Dan, uh, Dan wants to save his wife, basically. The yeah uh, the. He wants to save his wife. Um, Knives is helping uh, the lady, uh, go, like helping the lady having the baby. She's not doing a very good job. She's having, no. she's struggling a little bit. Uh, as we mentioned, she's a nurse in training. But I do like when they're going down here, and they're making the guy uh, lead them. Like they kind of 
like, oh, you're going in front of us. They both kind of have a smirk, too, when they do it. Like, they really do not like this guy. Um, but he says, he better not be leading us into a trap. I'm like, the, the downstairs of this basement, one, this place needs to be condemned. Uh, and I, I read on the trivia that this was actually one of the directors, like, old school that was going to be, it was demolished, like, uh, just a couple of weeks after they did filming. Oh, wow. So Cool. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was their school. It was a, a school. It's originally. a awesome set. It's a really good it set. It looks almost like a marsh. Like, it, there's just, like, roots and, so, like, wires and shit hanging from the ceiling. This reminded me a lot of uh, Annihilation. Not the film, uh, but the actual book. Mm. Um, they talk about going into this tower, and the and the main, the, the narrator, the one actually talking, is like, I don't think this is a tower. I feel, or she's like, I don't think this is a staircase. This is a tower. And it keeps going down and down and down. And it's very, there's, um, uh... It, 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 this just reminded me a lot of it. Like, it seems to keep going on and on and on, but it doesn't make sense, like, how there yeah. would be all this going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alien 3. Alien 3, <laughs> yeah. It's like, spatial awareness, what? Huh? Um, but yeah, I love the set here. Um, there's some cool shots in there. Also, another thing that made me think of Silent Hill, uh, there's a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a wheelchair motif in the Silent Hill games where it's like, it's just a recurring image that's just like, we're in a creepy place. Wheelchairs are weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, does that serve any practical purpose? Nope. It's just there. Worked well in Red Dragon for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wheelchairs are creepy. This Sorry. is Jacoby in human form. Do you see? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is where the doctor's dialogue, when he's got Allison on the slab, and he's just got his back turned to her talking, he's kind of cutting off his skin. This felt really from beyond, where he's kind of talking to her. Very. Yeah. Um, also, you, I know you haven't seen it, but... Uh, the fly too mm. um eric St poor eric stoltz there's a theme in his career of just like either bad things happening to his characters or him having to wear a lot of prosthetic makeup rocky yeah i saw uh, that mask um, oh matt that's what i'm saying mask yeah mask and uh in the fly too again he, oh, gets, more. Mm. he gets pounds of makeup piled on him uh for a not terribly amazing movie uh some good gore towards the end but there's a sequence that as a kid freaked me the fuck out a little bit um it's him turning into a fly man and he's sitting on like a motel couch and he's cocooning himself and the only lighting in the room is like a bug zapper and oh. he's like mesmerized by it while he's talking to his girlfriend and he's half man half fly at this point so his brain is rotting yeah and he's just kind of like droning on about like how he feels and like the different Kind of like what Jeff Goldblum was doing with his performance, where it's like the fly instincts are taking the forefront, basically. Yeah. But all the while, he's like picking pieces of himself off absentmindedly and just staring at this bug zapper. And the last thing he does is he like tears his eyelid off, and so his eyes like fully exposed. Yeah. Because it's like useless flesh at this point. But just the way he's doing it, kind of like talking absentmindedly and just like picking at himself, it reminded me of how the doctor's doing stuff here. Also, it needs to be said, he's facing away from us the whole time. Mm. So it yeah. makes, makes it like doubly creepy. Yeah, and uh, he's, Allison's got a thing in her and it does not look happy. Uh, it's it's in her tummy. Um, yeah, the, it's interesting how we get to that point because like I think... Dan walks into the room, but the whole time we're wandering the basement, the dad keeps saying all the things that us, the viewer, are thinking. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because he's like, yeah, this isn't smart. Oh, this isn't <laughs> smart. Like, and we get to a door with the, the black triangle painted on it that we've seen Sheriff Dan have a vision of previously, so we know it's significant in some fashion. But when we get there, the dad's just like, 
no we're, we we're not going in there. yeah we shouldn't do that yeah. <laughs> and sheriff dan's like fuck you my yeah. wife's in there and he's like man <laughs> so it's like the dad knows something like he knows that this is bad news it's bad news but when he goes in there i think if i remember right uh allison's like on the operating table and she looks fine and so like he has like a false representation of reality when he first walks into the room it's not until it's not we until a few moments later we yeah we haven't quite gotten to what's what's actually happened oh, to okay. her. So, oh yeah we got the zombie pit this is awesome yeah. i love this uh this is one of the coolest parts of the movie in my opinion uh and I was watching them like I would totally watch the, the zombie movie of theirs. I'm like I think they could do a really good job with it. But there's like slabs of people, and we, it's like Resident Evil. Like people are like hanging from like meat hooks. It's disgusting in there. It's a little hellraisery. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm like the smell has got to be awful. And then that's right when they're like, oh, oh, could you guys not smell that outside the door? Could you not smell it? the meat? Like the the smell would hit you the second you open that door. Oh yeah, no. Some of the creature effects here are kind of cool because, yeah. like, they're not straight up zombies. No, they're they're. I think the doc actually, while he's just talking at Allison, does mention that, um, like, they're failures. Like yeah. this is him. He he founded this cult or joined this cult expressly for the purpose of bringing back his daughter. That is known. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot to mention that it. is known at this point. That yeah. is the reason every bad thing that's happening right now is happening because he wants his daughter back, um, and somehow he has the powers to do this. Um, but in practicing these powers, I guess he fucked up a few times yeah. and just created some undying whatsits. So he has a basement full of undying zombie things that don't really exist for any real purpose other than they can't stop existing. And this is communicated to us the viewer in a really clever way where the first one we see is repeatedly pushing its face that's pretty cool into a pipe yeah like it like it's trying to kill itself yeah but it's not stopping like yeah. it just keeps doing the motion over and over and over again i was like that's pretty fucking cool it's pretty cool uh this reminds me a little bit of, you haven't gotten past season one of uh of archer but dr krieger really is uh this kind of doctor where he's got all these creations that aren't good and they're pretty gross. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm like, my goodness, the practical effects. Uh, <laughs> they're everywhere. This thing was just kind of cool. We end up getting uh, kind of split off because uh, the, the father sees a silhouette of what he thinks is his wife and he's following her. Yeah. Uh, the kid goes off running after him. Um, James gets, he gets got here. Yeah. Um, uh, we do a backwards backwards walking man i always always like those (laughs) it's it's always unnerving it always looks weird so what i mean by backwards walking man is like so you're doing a crab walk contortionist yeah yeah so you're leaning back and you're propped up on your your hands and knees or no your your feet and your palms and we put a monster mask on the back of your head Mm. so you're like (laughs) walking backwards at someone so it's like a backwards zombie thing that's crawling around and uh, sure Sheriff Dan, it's funny because like James like hops on his back, yeah, and he's like wigging out in the extreme to the point that he's just frantic, yeah, like he's hysterical. And Sheriff Dan just like get the fuck off of me, yeah. And then backwards man's just like okay, I'm all, <laughs> like, all eats him. Uh, well, he doesn't even do that. He just grabs him by the back of the head and just smacks his face into the floor yeah. over and over and over again. It's like damn, that's that's brutal. I don't even think he had any intention of eating him. He's no. just like, I don't like this kid. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him. He's dead. <laughs> uh, so the lady's uh, going into labor and now the, the uh, peepaw is like, you gotta get her out of here. We gotta get her to a better place. Uh, blah! <laughs> just gets his fucking throat slit. Grandpappy. 
It's delicious. Yeah, Grandpappy is like urging Knives Chow to fucking do something. Yeah. And by the way, they left Grandpappy the pistol. Like that, oh, yeah. that was like their one thing that they offered like the secondary group. Like this is how you're gonna protect yourselves. Uh, I'm gonna give Grandpappy the pistol. And yeah, he's like knives. You <laughs> knives. knives go. Nurse knives. You gotta save my <laughs> my granddaughter. And then all of a sudden, blah. Yeah, he gets his throat slit, and it's it is tasty. Yeah, his pregnant daughter slits uh, Peepaw's throat. And, and I could be wrong on this, but I feel like Preggers, the actress, was cast on the strength of her smile, mm-hmm. like her the construction of her teeth and her smile. A little creepy. It's incredibly creepy. Uh, I think she has right. she has those frontal those two front teeth that like curve inward a little bit, uh-huh. and she just about. has that she does that. Uh, I, I want to call it like smile like ecstasy or like angelic smile very well yes the very mm, yeah yeah, I know yeah about. she does it exceedingly well yeah she's very well cast she doesn't have many lines of dialogue but every, like she leaves she leaves she leaves her print on the film <laughs> so i got a lot to throw at you right here so the robes are inside now they're inside the hospital they've uh they've broken social norms they've they've stormed the hospital and this kind of when I was first watching it, this adds a nice element to it because now we've got we're in the Hellraiser monster zombie place, and now we've got the tension of people coming into the hospital. Um, the robes are inside. The father and son stuff. They have this whole. I was very confused. I didn't know yeah. what the meaning was here, but basically, dad is hallucinating something. Yeah. And uh, he gets in a struggle with his son. Um, I think it's implied that they're the place that they're at is maybe their home. Yeah. And they're wrestling on the floor. Kid strikes his dad. Or no, he like burns him with a flare. Yeah, he and burns it, with a flare. It brings him back to himself. But the flare's not there. That was the only continuity thing that I was like, there's no flare. I don't flare. think it would get put out by being touched no. on, on a human flesh. No. It, it, those things, are they'll go underwater and keep flaring. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, we've all seen movies. We've seen movies. <laughs> yeah. But it, I couldn't help but think of a Temple of Doom when he did that. The like, Indy! <laughs> <laughs> Indy, cover your heart. <laughs> uh, so Danny's looking for the doctor with an axe, uh, and Knives is trying to hide. Uh, and this is where Danny gets into the, the, the room where he's talking to her. I, I do like the, the cutaway where it's just her on the slab talking to him. And we cut away. like We, we look at the same shot, but what's actually happening in there? Do you want to tell the folks about it? Um. Have you seen Aliens? Uh, do you remember the Queen's throne room? That. <laughs> it's a it, there's There's something... It's a... Uh, ter- terrarium? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's, actually. It's like, a, it's like a terrarium. It's but. a mold, very moldy terrarium. Yeah. Uh, it's unkempt terrarium. Very sad turtle in there. <laughs> I, like, I like how they... Sh- I like how it, it switches yeah. gears. I like that... Like the angle where it's... She's laying on the, on the gurney or whatever and her head is facing the camera and she's just kind of like staring up at the ceiling in fact i'm not even sure if she's in motion here but basically she's got like green moldy tendrils coming out of her torso she has a pregger's belly mm. um the entire room is just infested with her it's, mm. it's just like a cancerous mass it's, and kinda... it's not pleasant to look at no um this is now uh I, I think after this dan is moving closer to to meeting with the doc and we get some, uh, he's, 
I don't know if he's talking to him or if he's just talking over, but he's talk. The doctor's talking, and this was like the most Lovecraftian thing in the whole movie for me was what he's saying. Um, he's ta- he's trying to explain what's happening a little bit, and he's like, I def- he says I defy God. There are things much older, older than time, and they've blessed me. And I'm like, that's yeah, that's, that's- Lovecraft to a T. Yeah. even for me who hasn't actually read his books, like I I know that much. Yeah, that, I mean the the phrase old ones yeah. is what comes to mind. Um, but yeah, Dan chops up his wife, and it's done very classily. Where yeah. it's from the outside of the room, we just see the shadow, and there's—I don't even think there's any sound. But no. we just pull away from it. The camera's on the dolly, just like pulling back. So he kills his wife, like Mercy kills her, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the business with a—it's uh, funny. All the business with Preggers um, was actually telegraphed, and again, it took by the end of the movie for me to appreciate it. Um, but when she's going into labor, she, she, her, she's doing the chicken eyes thing. She's doing the undertaker eyes, (laughs) the rest in peace eyes. Um, but, uh, when she's like sweaty and delirious and stuff, she does say like, he needs to be here. Oh, I did catch, I did catch her say that. I, I wrote that in my notes and just like thinking maybe it was significant and sure enough it was. Um, it's, it, it's revealed later on that, oh, that's either the doctor's baby, as in he did the deed with her, or it's the baby that he needs to do what he's planning on doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure which, but the point is that's supposed to hint that you know she's connected to the cult. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she was the one who slit grandpa grandpappy's throat. Yeah. By the way, she slit Peepaw's throat. Uh, she just goes out like. Um... The robe comes in where Knives is at and just takes her. Like, doesn't take Knives. She just leaves her there. And she does some hiding, going around. Um, and then the then we get our, our standoff, kind of. This yeah. is kind of where we get the climax here. Um, we get the doctor explaining things. Uh, he's talking up a fucking storm. And he's going to bring back his daughter, and he's going to have the Preggers girl, um, I guess, be the... Yeah, the conduit. Again. Yeah. For his daughter, and we get his reveal. Uh, it, I don't know how to describe it. It's like if you took the skin off of a char- a charred body, like if you took the skin off somebody and then burnt them. Yeah, if you've ever seen Hellraiser, the the Frank makeup effect, where it's a skinned man, yeah, but black, yeah, and old, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's visually striking. Yeah, like, it is it, visually striking. It, it looks pretty good. Uh, better than Bev's face, for sure. Yeah, Bev's he, face felt like a little bit of an afterthought. I mean, not as much love and care put into those effects. So what I can gather from the void, like, so he's got his two little robe henchmen, and there's a. By the big, way, he has an altar. Yeah, he's an <laughs> altar in this hospital basement, yeah, and the uh, deepest fucking basement ever, which has an extra burr. staircase, by the way, that Knives Chow was not aware of. It's like Snoopy's doghouse. Uh, <laughs> uh, the big triangle is in the background, and from what I can gather, it's some kind of portal to some kind of alien thing. I mean, that's the best explanation yeah. you're given. Some kind of. Some kind of alien thing. Just, it's all very vague, but again, it's probably to its benefit. Instead of making things very specific and precise, it's just like, no, we're not going to get into that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the pregnant girl stabs the cop in the back, uh just enough to like keep him from being able to move and he's like i'd like an audience or whatever so he's like stuck there uh he talks the 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 girl turns into something 
really fucking gross. It's his daughter. And my immediate thought was, your daughter's ugly. Like, it's <laughs> fucking gross, dude. Yeah, that, that effect was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be more gruesome, to be honest. It's very gruesome. If it's the end of the movie, you think this is where they're going to hit it home? Well, I thought it was going to get, like, uncomfortably explicit. Because, like, let's face it, folks. Pregnancy is, like, when it comes to horror... It's a very good starting point for making things icky and creepy. Yeah. Because it's already icky and creepy. Because <laughs> it's, it's icky, but it can also, like, anything that goes wrong is also very, like... It's very visceral. Yeah. And, I mean, we're just going on and on about the nature of a parasite. Yeah. It's another creature living inside you. Yeah. That, you know, it's hopefully intentional. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully you plan on you raising want, it. You want to keep it. Yeah, hopefully you like it. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, another, it's a presence inside of you, which... When it comes to horror, holy shit, there, there's endless roads you can go down yeah. to make that extra creepy. Um, so I was expecting this effect to be like, oh, no, I don't want to see that. That's really rough. But they, they uh, kind of, I, I wouldn't say it's a cop-out. Because the effect, they it's definitely big and on screen, big as life and twice as ugly. But yeah. um, the actual emergence of the creature is obscured. Yeah. So what happens is the as Preggers like goes up to the Doc Beast, Doc like puts his hand in front of her, and her immediate reaction is like she's terrified. Mm. Like and up to this point she's just had this dopey angelic smile on her face, just this look of ecstasy. She's all about that Doc Cock or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and Doc but as soon as she put as soon as he puts his hand in her face, like something happens. There's it's actually kind of cool that there's no like visual effect. It's just like a sound cue, and then she just does a turn and freaks the fuck out and starts crawling away. Um, the reason I say the the emergence of the creature is obscure is a like a medical table or something falls in front of our view, which is shot from Dan's perspective on the on the ground. But we just see her thrashing around and then hear a fleshy explosion, <laughs> and then this big hulking beast, which. I don't know how far you got in Dead Space, but it not actually... far, far. Okay, well, there's, there's some, there's a creature in the first Dead Space in most of the sequels that looks very similar to this. Mm. It's actually, it reminds me of like a jacked crab kind of, but without pincers. Gotcha. It just has like plating on it, kind of, but it's really thick. <laughs> um, but the cool thing they do here is that. Uh, it's still attached to her. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's when it gets rolling and it gets rolling real quick, <laughs> like it doesn't waste any time. It comes out and it starts moving. Um, we get this cool shot, of, still from Dan's perspective, of her like laying dead on the ground and then just dragged across the floor behind it. I think that's why we keep this like it's the thing thing esque thingish. <laughs> But the thing with the thing, it's actually warping into, it's turning itself into human. So when we see it on screen, it's actually like when the the head, when the head becomes like the, um, you know what scene I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, it's it's the body's morphing. This is something that's coming out of the body and it's actually just dragging the actual physical well, body with it. I mean, the way Dan and Allison's child died was, it, I think it got choked by its umbilical cord. Yeah. That's how this thing is attached, presumably, to Preggers. Yes. Yeah. The umbilical cord, which is probably gigantic. Yeah, it's probably still is. attached. Um, but yeah, uh, it, the creature design, the one thing that's a little bit funky about it is it's not very cohesive. No. Um, Bev is its own thing. This is its own thing. It, they don't feel cut from the same cloth. No, it seems like Be- Bev's was... <sighs> 
I guess the difference is, is the gestation is this thing is like see I don't think that's a factor at all you don't think so no um see this also we have to keep this in perspective where this is a sci-fi horror well film. the the thing that's never explained that actually probably could have used some explanation is the, I mean the whole, the whole nature of what's happening is that presumably the duck is tapping into some otherworldly power mm. to bring people from the, the realm of death back into the realm of the living yeah um so presumably the creature that emerges from preggers is somehow his daughter yeah um what it, what was weird though is bev because bev has nothing to do with that no so what came out of bev um bev might have been a part of this because she may, she may have been but the point i'm trying to make here is i'm not sure if thing like just presence like things from that other realm are being pulled through the portal or through the void Mm -hmm. or if if he's doing exactly what he's saying like he's bringing people back from the dead because it i it feels like things are getting in through the void yeah like like bev feels like a manifestation from the other world that has nothing to do with bev it's just a thing that used her as a as a gateway to our world um i don't know um there was a there was a event in Marvel Comics that was actually really cool. I think it was Annihilation War. Um, they introduced this like I mean Marvel has their multiverse concept, but um, they introduced a new one called the Cancerverse, cool. and the tagline was "It's the universe where uh, life won." So the idea is nothing can die there, and, oh. and it's represented by cancer. So <clears throat> I think if I remember right, the Hulk is represented not as big jacked green man but just as like a planet-sized mass of cancer ah Um, interesting and it's frightening and it's definitely there's a lot of lovecraft in there but i liked what they did with that because it's it's like i don't know the the way this undying world works is that it nothing nothing goes away it just keeps propagating and growing in some fashion interesting Um, so I don't I don't know what the nature of the creatures in this movie are supposed to be. They're, I think they're mostly just there to look cool. <laughs> yeah. um, so we get the the creature. It's chasing it's chasing the kid, the the, the boy. He's trying to get away from it. Um, and Dan ends up uh, like, well, how are you going to do this? Dan tackles the dock into the void, and I guess that was enough to like close the portal. For- yeah. This this movie ends funny. It, we'll, we'll get to that, but like, in the meantime, I, father and son are dealing with the daughter the 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 daughter beast. The daughter beast, yeah. <laughs> um, it it gives chase. Uh, I think some cultists are killed. It steps on one of their heads, and that was pretty. Yeah, tasty. It was pretty good. That, that was, was pretty good. tasty. That was good. Um, but yeah, the daughter beast chases them into. A hallway. A meat locker. Yeah, something um, like that. Some other set that we built exclusively for this scene, because in terms of like spatial awareness and like how rooms connect to each other, we've never been here before. No. We never go back there. <laughs> what What is it? Uh, the, the tagline for the film was like, uh, this is worse than hell or something like that? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I but remember. the thing that jumped out at me is that most of the movie is shot with like a, a blue tinge to it. This is like the orange slash red room that just comes out of nowhere, but we got to make the monster look cool, so we'll do what we got to do. <laughs> but yeah, a father and son fight the daughter beast, and it goes pretty well, actually. I mean, dad dad eats it here. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gets some hair tendrils put in his chest, if I remember right. Like, the thing kind of like knocks him to the floor, and it has 
it's got like it's it's face is it's vaguely humanoid it's got like spider eyes kind of and it's got these hairy tendrils kind of like bev coming out of where i would assume its mouth belongs and yeah it sticks those straight into his chest and uh the boy sets both him and the monster on fire yeah good uh, move yeah good move uh, it calls it back to the beginning yeah it's like fire <laughs> it's like again thing ish thing ish <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, uh, Sheriff Dan tackles Doc Powell through the void, and it instantly closes behind them. I was like, "That's cozy. Yeah. Like, that's convenient." Yeah, the kids, it, he's doing a an, uh, an Independence Day, just trying to get out before it uh, before it. Yeah, the the kids running from the monster, which did not die in the fire. Yeah, and all of a sudden the hospital start. It it's like fucking Indiana Jones or the end of any video game. Yeah, or end of any Resident Evil game, in in particular, where. Uh, Whatever facility you're in, as soon as that last monster's down, gotta it, get out. It's gonna explode. Oh yeah, and that monster's gonna come back. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's running away, and for some reason the hallways are closing. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it's squishy. We get the monster squish, and the monster actually doesn't come back. Surprisingly, no. yeah. Uh, he makes it out, and we get our breeding pair. We get the the hot chick and the dude make it. Surprisingly, that's who yeah, came out on top. Uh, he he comes back to the hospital. The lighting is normalized now. It's not oppressive and fluorescent and weird looking. Uh, it looks like a normal morning. Yeah. And uh, he finds a dead cultist with a fire extinguisher next to it. Um, and then he <laughs> like jacks himself up and opens the door and hey knives chow is still alive yeah um the last time we saw her it was kind of up in the air if she was going to make it or yeah not. we did we weren't sure um, but yeah she hugs him he hugs her and she asks like is it over and he gives a nod because apparently he he's mute not, i don't think he says <laughs> i honestly don't think he says a word in this movie there's a cool shot when they're fighting the the daughter beast where uh it's right before i think he sets his dad on fire it's kind of cool. Um, I, I have no fucking clue what it's supposed to mean, but it looks cool. The sentence you just said, when they're fighting the daughter beast before he sets his dad on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context, like, what the fuck are they talking uh, about? That's how they should have sold the movie. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the shot, though, is I think it's from dad's perspective on the floor with tendrils in his chest. He's looking at his son, and I think he's encouraging him, set, set me on fire, son. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, it'll be a hell of a show. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> That's a very dad thing to yeah. say. Um, but he's looking at his son, and over the son's shoulder, you see the ghost of mom or something. Yeah, you see her. And right she's there. like in white, and I feel like she's carrying a bundled something. I think the, the son had, I think he lost his baby. I think that was his baby, and like... My, Meemaw was babysitting, and they got her. I don't know. I, yeah. All I know, it was a cool shot because she's out of focus, and she's just there. Yeah. We draw no attention to it. You either notice her or you don't. Or they just... kind of cool. Or, like, she just died of cancer, and the baby just died. Maybe was, they, they're both dealing with their own heartache. But he, he explicitly says they got his family. Like, they did it to him. So we have to assume that the cults, the cult is got Yeah. I mean, it's... I don't need the details, but I just thought it was a cool shot. Mm. But yeah, uh, I think the last shots are just like outdoors, uh, nope. trees and stuff. They, they oh the, yeah, the, the yeah, void yeah. world. Uh, they get uh, Dan and Allison are in the void world, just hand in hand, mano a mano. Yeah, we've seen void world in uh, Dan's hallucinations when he, whenever he passes out in the movie. It's pretty cool looking, pretty inhospitable. I would say it doesn't look very green at all. It's just rock, and then these like uh, jutting jutting like cut imagine a mountain 
but the wind blew really hard one day and they just kind of got slanted a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like if a fut- like if a, a futuristic spaceship crash landed and its wing was just sticking out and it's just oh, wings. Oh man, there's a lot of drunk aliens out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then there's the Space Pyramid. Space Pyramid. There's just a Space Pyramid and they just look oh, up. Oh, is this a prequel to Stargate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, we're like, it could be a space, it could be a ship. We have no idea what it is. And I we mean, just- if the Black Pyramid lands and an androgynous fella comes out with Egyptian motifs. I'm calling it as I sees it. It's, it. A, it's a Stargate prequel. <laughs> it's, it's Stargate. <laughs> it's a Stargate. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much that's the end of the movie. Yeah, um, it I, the ending doesn't really mean anything as far as I know. Just that uh, they clasp hands. So whatever, I guess uh, strain was on their relationship is implied to be resolved. Maybe hey, you can work through it after this. I mean, I. If you and I were standing in front of a space pyramid, I think I would hold your hand, Kyle. I'm not going to... You may not reciprocate that, but I would have some conflicted emotions and probably need an anchor of some sort. And you're, prob- you're the only one here. I'd probably bump shoulders with you. Like, maybe we should go back to back. And just, <laughs> back to back! Back to back. <laughs> What's going to happen? I mean, it worked for Wolverine. I mean, shit. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, uh Endings are very important to you in particular, Kyle, yeah. especially when it comes to horror movies. Yeah. So I don't know if you folks out there at home know, but Kyle has a thing about downer endings. Yeah, I like them. Yeah. Kyle Kyle needs a downbeat ending to make his horror film complete. I like the hopelessness of it. I think it just really, it, it sends it home. Like, it, you've already had to deal with a lot, and like, people who survive horror movies, you don't want to be alive after, like, that's a very traumatic experience you've gone through. Probably best if you're just not around anymore. I mean, the th- to call things back to the thing, the ending of that movie is pitch mm. perfect. Perfect. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, we just see what happens. Like, you know they're most likely going to freeze to death anyway. Yes. It's good enough for me. That's Either it. way, the thing wins. Uh, I The movie's not great, but I do love the ending of Alien Covenant. I think it's one of the better, uh, one of the better, like, uh, horror, quote-unquote horror movie endings. Because there's just like a, not hopelessness but like um, yeah it's like there's a dread to it like fuck like all that and now nothing oh you just beat off to the sound of Fassbender speaking German yeah they found a way to get him to do it yeah (laughs) it is is quite nice Rikes yeah Rikes but the the ending of this movie is it's it just doesn't make a lot of sense I don't like this ending I I don't like it it just doesn't make a lot of sense it doesn't mean anything to me and it didn't help that the green screening on the two of them when they're before we get the reveal of the black floating pyramid, the shots of them staring up at it. It's like, yeah, no, let's not do that. Like, like pull the camera back a little bit. Just like make the figures a little smaller so we can't see like the halo around them when you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, and they did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, the the special effects, the main attraction for the effects work in this movie is practical. Yeah, practical effect. Not CGI compositing. Yeah. And the very few instances we have of it in this movie, not the best. Not the best. Um, I mean, the void is represented pretty well, like the space images and like the the insanely bright white light coming through the triangle on the wall. That's all good and stuff. But yeah, that, that shot of them in the other world or whatever, it's it's not the best. Um, the en- <laughs> I tend to do this. <laughs> the ending I had in mind was that, yeah, Sheriff Dan tackled Doc Powell through the portal, through the void. It closed behind them. It's not to say nothing came through. (laughs) And also, by the way, we had 
horns playing from God knows where earlier in this yeah. movie. I feel like the end of this movie should have been them going outside and realizing things are not all right. Yeah. Like, or like, are you thinking like um, a Tin Cloverfield Lane ending? Where not that explicit. Okay. Like not to that extreme, but just like something subtle. That would have been perfect if they walk outside and it goes. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe not that. Maybe not even that subtle, but just like something where it's like the situation is not resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't need sequel bait. Like that wouldn't be no. that wouldn't be the aim. It's more just to like make it known that. You know, Doc was dealing in some pretty scary shit. And he, By the way, he had a cult backing him, yeah. which is still out there. Presumably, they have some knowledge of the things that he was doing and can pick it up where he left off. But the way we end, it's just like, no, our breeding pair is fine. And then Sheriff Dan and Allison are in another world. We don't even know if they're being threatened right now. They're just in another place. Yeah. I think if you would have had... I, I, I like the idea of having them just walk outside and you just hear that the that noise and then it's it, like not to set up a sequel just but like oh like they're still not it's not okay like it's still just as bad like yeah that that situation's over with they have a whole new one to have to deal with now and i'm fine with it being that um i, I mean think that i mean the the expensive ending would be just like black sky tentacles coming down from the heavens yeah <laughs> like, just like oh we're gonna need a bigger what's it yeah <laughs> But yeah, I think this movie, uh, I think it's a little gem. Now that, I mean, like, going back and talking about it, I think this will be one of those movies, like, in 30 years, people will kind of, like, this was actually, like, this happened a long time ago, it was an obscure film, but at the time, it was kind of, it was kind of a big deal just because of the practical effects. It was a time when we were not doing that at all. Like, it was not, not in at the time. Well, yeah, I feel kind of the same way. Like, I, I don't see myself revisiting it at any time, but... I feel like it's really important that it exists. It, yes. Because I, I want more movies like this. Because it, it's cozy. Like, it feels good to watch something like this where it's like, yeah, all, it's a, a very effects-heavy movie. It's well-acted for the most part. And all the effects that are in the movie are on the set with the actors and lovingly put together by any number of technicians. And it makes me curious, like, if these guys, these this pair of directors... Uh, can do something like this again um, because as far as I know I mean what little you told me it sounds like they both kind of like dabbled in garbage b-movie stuff and this is like the first time they stepped up to the plate and like really tried to make a seriously decent movie yeah <laughs> so I don't know that they're gonna get another try but the hope is that they inspire others to you know take a swing as well there are some pretty uh, some pretty good movie posters of this which I've been looking at here um, I personally love this one. Uh, Ooh, there's some. If, if you, if you, that's have, cool. If you have a sec, just look up the void and look up movie the posters for the movie. Um, there's some really cool ones on yeah, here. Yeah, I mean, horror is one of those genres that it it has fans from all over the place. Where it's like there's diehards, there's casual people, there's people that only watch the the shit on like Halloween. Like, mm-hmm. only that day of the year. Yeah. And then there's some people who can't bear to even touch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But as far as I understand, this movie, among, like, hardcore horror fans, it's it it's supported. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's well-loved for the most part, and the hope is that it inspires others to follow suit. 
Because there is a market for movies of this nature. There's a there's a few movie posters I would want to get. One obviously would be Alien, like with the with the egg on the front. Um, this I th- this is one I would invest in honestly, just be- just because of what it represents. It's not a great movie, but I just appreciate that it exists, and I enjoy I I actually enjoy watching it. Well, that being said, while we're talking about posters, before we do our wrap up, which sounds like we're getting to here, uh, I have a on-air reveal I'd like to do. So, oh, Kyle, nice. I have a poster for you. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. What could it possibly... I don't know what that... Okay. All right. I'm super excited. Oh, fuck yes. Where did you get this? <laughs> uh, so, folks, I went to the Retro Game Expo uh, in Portland, Oregon this weekend, and there was an, a vendor there who... Uh, <laughs> He had a poster, lovingly drawn, uh, of many, many, many iterations of Tim Curry in, in some of his most iconic roles. And there was one in particular oh, it's so that good. I, I want to say is actually like one of his more low-key roles like yeah. in terms of prestige. But it happens to be one of Kyle's favorite performances. Yeah. And it's like front and fucking center. It's awesome. So we got him as Pennywise. There's a couple in here I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure about the... Spamalot, I think, was what the guy told me. Oh, interesting. Uh, then he's in like a gangster outfit. I gotta find out what that is. I don't know what is. that is. Uh, they have him as the devil from, um, oh, Legend. Uh, Muppets. Muppet uh, Treasure Island. M- Muppet Treasure Island. Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2 is a really big that's one. The right, that's the right facial expression for that. Uh, Dr. Franken. Uh, Frankenfurter from uh, Rocky, Rocky Horror. Horror Picture Show, and then the Crown Jewel, the Cardinal from uh, from Three Musketeers movie. That yeah. is a good gift. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. That is awesome. I, I saw it and I was like, I have someone in mind for that. <laughs> I know somebody who would want that. <laughs> but I think he was also like, that's pretty relevant right now. Yeah, I, I mean Pennywise is at the bottom of the poster, but he's front and center. Um, and I think that was a deliberate choice. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he actually said his favorite, the one he knew he wanted to put in the center was from Clue. Interesting. Yeah. Which I haven't seen, but I think you said you like, right? I did. I did enjoy that. Uh, it's, it's a fine Tim Curry performance. I think my, I've, of his, I, I love him as the Cardinal, but, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter is a really underrated, uh, underrated performance. Like it, it's an iconic film and an iconic oh, performance. I, I don't know. I call that underrated. People but, love that shit. <laughs> but it's, it's. Um, for what it is, it's 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 really good. I'd like to see that movie because I never have. Um, but this is a good time to do it. Yeah, I mean it's October. Fuck. It's October and Tim Curry any time of year. But uh, I mean, while I'm doing this, I may as well Plug name drop this fella. Uh, so Charlie Donkin Art, uh, Charlie Art at msn.com. Apparently, he has a Facebook and an Etsy. Uh, good job, Charlie. Yeah, uh, I got a gift for my friend. Excellent. Uh, that being said. Uh, I'm about done with the void. Are you? Yeah, I'm done with the void. Uh, okay, I don't... so what are we doing to close out October? You know, man? you know, folks. I just, I just don't know. Um, I really want to. I want to catch up on something, uh, and I feel like this is a good. This is almost the perfect segue into it because we'd be going back to uh, practical effects. Um, I really want to do uh, Romero's Dawn of the Dead because I've never seen it, but uh, I'm not sure. It's it's an option at this moment, but uh, I think well, we have, life will find a way. Life will find a way. We have uh, one more week left, so we'll see. It it might be that. It might be something different. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Well, that being said, uh, tune in next week uh, for the conclusion of Kyle's Killer October. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us.